What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun. Too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to Geek First Side Quest, your weekly stop for video game news, reviews, retrospectives, and more here on the Geek First Podcast Network. I'm your host, the talking head, Dylan Moss, and I have two guests with me today. Not too many times that's happened on Side Quest, but we got another one here for you. The World Serpent's Base. I got it. <laughs> Dante Denaclet. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm good, dude. I'm excited to talk about God of War, especially on the heels of the new one, man. This is a... Uh... This has been uh, one of my favorites over the last decade or so. Yeah, I, I feel like, you know, you've been on SideQuest a lot this year. And in a lot of these indie games and stuff, you're not necessarily loving. So I, I feel like it'd be fun for you to actually, like, have something you're very passionate and loving yeah. to kind of gush about. for. We could have talked about Vampire Survivors. I would have waxed poetic <laughs> about that all day, man. That's a, It's never too late. Is that one. is that 1.0 yet? Or is it still oh, it's in too, the way? It has to be, like, right around the corner. Okay. I think they released it. I'm <laughs> Tangent already. <laughs> gotta love it and then we have the giles of the crescent moon sarah's back for your second proper podcast episode i'm sure you'll be joining for the 24-hour stream coming up here but good to have you back on the podcast itself how are you doing tonight i'm good thank you good to be back um mm -hmm. i don't get to play very many games these days so <laughs> it's i'm excited to be able to talk about one that i have played and get to join in our conversation yeah of course you were here for the first elden ring review uh, dante was here for the second one um <laughs> so where where are you at with elden ring right now because i know that is one where it's like okay i don't have much time for games so elden ring will take you like two years to beat but where are you at right now I Spoilers, actually, whatever like where are you at i just beat it uh oh. last week i think for the wow. first time yeah Crazy. about 150 hours damn beautiful yeah that's amazing well I'm, i can't wait to talk to you more about uh that that'll be exciting but yeah today uh we're all in on god of war of course god of war 2018 i think there i guess there's technically two games that have this name now so you always got to make that distinction but on the heels of God of War Ragnarok coming out, I believe it's November 9th, uh, we are here to do the retrospective um, with, I think Dante, you know, played this game at launch, Sarah's played it in the last year, and then I just played it for the first time in the last uh, month here. So kind of different levels uh, of, uh, you know, I guess dedication to this series. So uh, just a couple plugs to get out of the way. First of all, a lot of reviews going on. Last week we did 
A Plague Tale Requiem, which was a lot of fun to review that. And Gotham Knights is coming out as well. So that's going to be Travis and Taylor reviewing that one. I'm excited to hear what they think. Uh, make sure to check out our Patreon where you can get episodes early and ad-free, such as this episode, which will be probably five, six days early up on Patreon for the uh, you know people over there. So check that out. Um, our Discord is always a good place to hang out. I got a question from one of our Discord uh, fans in there for the episode today. So that's a good place to get that stuff in. And as usual, thank you to Taylor for making the thumbnails and Amanda for doing the music for the show. Um, but with that, I want to get right into it. So uh, yeah, God of War 2018. I, I first want to just go a little bit b before that. Uh, what I want to know your guys' history with the other God of War games, because I have not played a single one. Uh, you know, I didn't have the PlayStation consoles growing up, never had a Vita or anything like that. So I just never played any of these games, a newer PlayStation fan. And even with this one, obviously, I didn't play it at launch. It took me a few years, but I'm finally in there for the first time. But I guess we'll throw it over to Dante first. Have you played uh, any prior God of Wars, and where would you put your fandom with the series? Yeah, I've played all of them, even the, like, Ooh, nice. side psp ones um i i really love that series um i'm all, i'm a big fan of like character action games like devil may cries or bayonetta it's like i'm really jazzed for bayonetta even though there's a little bit of rocky <laughs> controversy there yeah there's some controversy there for sure but um yeah just a really big fan of the genre so like um god of war one two and three i think are stellar um and honestly hold up pretty well despite hmm. th their just egregious amounts of gore and just being like i don't know this like hyper masculine thing um which i don't think has as much play these days um mm. which is okay I, I agree i think maybe those things don't age super well but uh the gameplay definitely does um and uh i i think the new this this new arc of god of war uh if you do have some familiarity with that stuff uh has just an even more impressive like character arc for kratos like it's it's dude's been through a lot you kind of understand why he's a pretty shit dad <laughs> because of all the stuff he's dealt with prior For sure yeah. um yeah so really really big fan of the series as a whole um there's been a few that have been a little mid but the the main three are excellent games gotcha uh how about you saris I don't, I don't know if we've ever really talked about this but have you played any of those older older games in the series yeah i've played i mean i i grew up on ps2 essentially so um I think the second one was for PS2, so I must have played that one, but I never had a PS3 growing up. Um, I kind of just seen it and heard about God of War. It was always an exclusive, right? I had an Xbox and that was coming out, so I never had to play it, but um, I've always been really fascinated with Greek mythology, just as Ooh. just in general. Um, so I always was kind of gravitated towards this game, but being kind of a squeamish child i didn't really like the gore and stuff so like and it was kind of off-putting to me um so I, I didn't get into it too much i just remember really liking like the action sequences and the, the button pressing sequences of those games mm -hmm. um but yeah I, I wouldn't say i'm like a huge fan of the series but when i got this one 2018 yeah i was like okay this is this is like a step above from what i remember the other ones being mm -hmm. yeah i'm curious actually you know dante you mentioned that the first game's kind of been like that kind of character action game, which this is not really anymore. I, I wouldn't describe it. Would You wouldn't describe it that way either, would you, this new um, version of it? Not the traditional version, right? Like, I think this definitely leans more into, like, a, it's more like an action RPG almost right. um, with, like, some, like, Souls-like mechanics yeah, in yeah. the combat, whereas uh, the previous ones are definitely more in that, like, combo-based 
mashing buttons sort of thing but like this yeah. game sort of has some of that even too though like mm -hmm. there's occasions where you'll like switch stances if you just like pause on a button for a second right. or there's like definitely combos between your like lights and heavies so uh, i just feel like it maybe is just like a an evolution of that um with uh adding more like a set of those rpg elements mm -hmm. um yeah it's kind of hard to put it in a box right yeah that's fair uh, I, I guess I want to put this out early that spoiler warning for this episode. I don't want us to hold back at all. Uh, I think this game has been out long enough, uh, even though it's only a few years. And it's just such a popular, you know, critically acclaimed game that I feel like if you have wanted to play it, you would have played it by now. So, yeah, I don't want us to hold back at all. Just feel free to say whatever you want from this point forward, putting that out there. But throwing it right back to you, uh, Dante, in a just kind of overall sense, because, of course, we'll get into the nitty gritty of the gameplay, the combat. Uh, the story, all that stuff. But uh, you played this game at launch, and yeah, it holds up for you like those original ones do. So, what what do you, what do you think it is about this game uh, that you know has grabbed you so much? Oh man, um, th this one is actually like I I'd say it, if we look forward like ten years, this will hold up better than any God of War. Um, this it definitely um, it, it has some really really impressive feats behind it like some of the best storytelling i've experienced in video games i think it's it's um it's really personal and the the acting is exceptional across the board there's not one bad um bad voice acting role in the entire mm -hmm. game it's all like 10 out of 10s across the board um the direction is incredibly impressive like it definitely like i i think this game does in a great job of uh, when you look at the medium, like game, there's there's only a few games that I think have like um, had just peak cinematography. Um, it's like this and like a lot of the Naughty Dog games, and um, say like uh, removing the gameplay from it at all, just like mm -hmm. visual direction, I think is gorgeous. And then um, just like the character development in this game too, I think is just really really impressive. Um, uh, there's I, I can I can do this for a while. I was about to say I'm gonna I'm thinking of like a dozen things where I'm just gonna <laughs> gonna just once again like wax poetic about it. Um but and then from a gameplay standpoint, I, I do think it has pushed that kind of like character that character action game uh forward or that that genre forward a little bit by offering um this kind of mix between in a in a time when there was like everybody was copying a Souls game still doing that but feeling like it's staying true to the roots of god of war like it never felt like i was playing something that was like totally different um you're still punching crates open you're still like once again doing combos um so it wasn't this just kind of like um i don't know you don't necessarily r1 mash but like it felt like there was a lot more there's a lot more like speed and 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 uh creativity in the combat um in a way that a lot of those character action games have as well, um, despite being slightly slower mm -hmm. and more focused on that kind of like every enemy is a threat instead of dealing with like 30 guys on the screen at the same time. Right. right. Um, yeah, I'll go forever. I'll go forever. I really <laughs> like that. I, that I, I fucking love this game, dude. That makes it so much more interesting for me, though, like just having that more intelligent gameplay of having to like gauge your threat levels. Oh yeah, because because they all everything can kill you, so you have to like know how to dispose of certain enemies quicker than others, how to do it, you know, when to target them. Like that's way better for me than just you know spinning around and killing thirty people once. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. You 
absolutely like the original games every once in a while like uh, a larger enemy would come on or like a maybe like a, a medusa would would come on the screen you're like oh god that guy's gonna freeze me it'll cc me and then i have to like i'll get my ass beat by the 30 smaller guys around me i need to deal with these but like and and this game has um character or enemies like that too but like even the regular um uh, i'm gonna blank on their names of them but uh but, like the regular enemies are uh, a problem and, and you get like two or three of those around you and you're not necessarily like managing your skills. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to stop you there. Just like, we'll, we'll come back to, we'll yeah, come yeah. back to the combat, right. but throwing over to you, uh, Sarah's, you know, you played some of the series, but you know, maybe didn't have that big moment with it. Uh, yeah, you jumped into this and I think you love it as well. So w what is it that, that does it for you? Yeah. Well, I was actually looking at my, uh, game file this week. Um, and it's been longer than I, I started in 2019, which was way longer than I thought oh. it has been. But like, I still remember, so it's been a while, but what I do remember about the first gameplay was like just being blown away by the, the um, cutscenes and just the animation of it. Obviously the voice acting is phenomenal, but just like, I don't know, just the fluidity of the animation was insane. Like when you're going down the river or whatever, and then you, it opens up to Midgard and you see the world serpent for the first time. It's like, holy shit, like this looks amazing. And it feels like you're really like engrossed in this world. Um, so that was probably the biggest thing that I liked. Obviously I really like the gameplay as I touched on before. It's very fluid. Um, but yeah, just that, just the, I don't know, the coming together of it all mm -hmm. was very, very well done. Love it. Uh, well, I'm glad I have you guys here because I am swooping in on this one much, much lower. I truthfully did not really enjoy my time with the game as a whole, uh, which I know is, you know, not a popular opinion. Uh, it's funny, Dante, you said that you, you feel like this game, you know, in 10 years, whatever, will hold up better than other, I don't know, other God of War games. And mm. for me, I, I'm already at a point where I'm like, man, I... I feel like even before I played this game, I'm like, I never want to climb another yellow ledge in my life. I'm so sick of that game design. Oh, yeah. And you got to climb a million yellow, yellow ledges yeah. in this game. Uh, just a lot of, I, I think that was really, when I boil it down to one thing, it would be that I just think the level design like really sucks in this game and we can get into the details of why that is. Uh, but I, I mean, I can't, I can't lie. Like the story is great. The characters are all fantastic. The performances, the minor characters, I enjoy all of them like they're just fun to have along for the ride whether they're in it a little bit or a lot uh and that's what kept me going for sure and that's why i still want to play the sequel uh is uh, hopefully the gameplay stuff gets better as well but i just want to see where these characters are going and that's with having absolutely no history with the series and not really doing any research i don't really know what the story is of those older games um and yeah when it comes down to the combat side of things i liked it that's not all negative for me i think it was if there was like half as much combat in this game as there is i think i would have been perfect with it but i just got so burnt out on it uh over time and once again i got reasons for all this stuff so hopefully i can at least back uh, it up and you guys can see where i'm this coming this man from. is gonna need to explain <laughs> <laughs> i i will i will for sure but i mean on the surface level like when you like using the leviathan axe for the first few hours like that's a that's a great multi-tool you know, weapon puzzle solving thing. Like, I, I really like that, but I just kind of got burnt out on it. And then they give you another weapon later in the game and that kind of refreshed it. But then after another two or three hours, I was like, okay, I 
don't really care about the combat of this game, I'm playing through the rest of this to see those cinematic moments that you were mentioning, Sarah, because this game definitely has some of that. You also mentioned just the cinematography, even just the way the camera like, kind of like bobs and, you know, it kind of has not shaky cam, but it just it feels like there's someone it's actually there holding, that holding camera. the camera. Yeah, yeah, like that kind of thing. That all works for me. And there's some stuff about this game that are fantastic for sure. But overall, I just it was, it was a grind for me to play, truthfully. Like just the minute to minute stuff did not work for me at all. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm. I wouldn't say I'm excited for the sequel, uh, but I will still be... I feel an obligation to play it because of the, the podcast and stuff. But if it weren't for that, I, I don't think I would... I don't think I would have finished the game, truthfully, and I don't think I would be jumping into a sequel, but I'm excited we're, to we're break that down. Opposite ends of the spectrum. I think God mm -hmm. of War, outside of like Elden Ring, is like my most an was my most anticipated game of this mm -hmm. year. Like, no, I mean, I, I truthfully have not hear heard many people like this game i've heard so many people say this is their favorite game of all time even super bad Mike, who I have a, a question from yeah. uh that we'll bring up later said this is his favorite game of all time and i'm like i get it partially but at the same time that's like wild to me because of just how <laughs> boring some of the sequences are oh no <laughs> no okay the hyperbole <laughs> <laughs> hey man Gosh. you know different strokes for different folks it's 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 interesting because i just I just talked about how we reviewed Plague Tale, and that is a very similar game in terms of gameplay and how contrived like the level design is and stuff like that. And even has a very similar story. And I I love those games. Like Plague Tales, like I, I really enjoy that experience. But there's just something about this that yeah did, does not work for me. Uh, so let's get into it. Uh, I I kind of I think we should kind of start with the the combat. I think that is a good place to start. We can come back to this story stuff, characters later. Does that sound? Like a good place to go for you guys. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, yeah, right off the hop, but just to go in more in depth on what I was talking about with the uh, Leviathan axe, like that is just a fantastic weapon. I think it's a testament that this game, like for so many people, is so successful when you only have, I guess, you know, technically you have a shield, you have fists, but like really you have kind of two weapons in this, and obviously you're upgrading them, getting new moves and stuff. But the fact that you have like such few item uh, weapon types and it can stay fresh is pretty impressive. And oh, yeah. I just love the Leviathan axe, like throwing it around, the, you know, when, you're, when you catch it and then like bring that into a strike right away. Uh, and then just having that be the thing that you're solving most puzzles with in the game and doing traversal, I think mm -hmm. is great. I love that in any game when you make your lead weapon also have all these other functions. So testament to that part of the combat for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the 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 Leviathan Axe is such a like uh, just impressive game design thing that, that you mm -hmm. can just like chuck this off into the distance, be punching your way through a group of baddies and be like, "Fuck, I want my axe," and then realize you threw it away ages ago, and it's gonna take like ten seconds to get mm -hmm. back to you because it's coming back from the area you threw it at. I think it's just the most like hilarious situation. Um, obviously, all of the puzzle mechanics that you do with that axe or, or super fun too. Like anytime that um, you have to kind of move a, something uh, and if you let go, it moves back, but you can use it to freeze. I think is just like, I don't know, like really they, they definitely brought up some fun ideas. I would say there's more, I'd put there, I'd at least say there's four weapons, right? Like there's the Leviathan axe, there's just punching, which is mm -hmm. feels incredible. Um, it's, there's so much like weight behind Kratos's hits. Like it's just doom, 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 doom. Anytime <laughs> he's punching, it's like, it's excellent. Um, and then there's the, there's the, um, 
the chains of war. I forget what they're called. I, I don't have them yet. The blades of chaos. I think blades of chaos. Yeah. Man, I cannot Ooh. believe I'm fumbling those. Um, I'm in the middle of a new game plus right now, so I was hoping I would mm. be able to beat it by then, but that gets longer <laughs> than I remembered. Um, but then there's Atreus, right, who has this like contextual button, right? So he is he has square just like mapped to him, so you can uh do ranged attacks that um do stun damage as you go through the game obviously his uh he gets a selection between which kinds of mm -hmm. arrows he has that um have different effects one is electric and one is um like this like light arrow um and i, I find those to be like especially in the harder difficulties really important to utilize um because there's enemies that are just problematic there's these like wraith style enemies that anytime they come in you have to make sure that atreus hits them with an arrow and stuns them before you go in or else they're just going to run away constantly from kratos um <laughs> i think they do a, a good job of, like introducing um enemy types that force you to use certain weapons um there's like these ice enemies that like just don't care about the axe at all and mm -hmm. you either get to switch to the blades of chaos or switch to your fists um and then there's also like this, this combo mechanic that i think is like just works really well like you can just kind of like r1 your way through that game but um they give you this skill tree which is a pretty traditional throwaway skill tree but um if you dig into some of those skills you can like you end up being kind of a menace mm -hmm. um also 10 out of 10 parry in that game i love mm. a good parry why, why is it 10 really out of 10 parry for you um projectile parries like hitting stuff back the timing is super like um it's 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 not as tight as a um as a dark souls like or, or a, a from soft game like mm -hmm. those parries feel really satisfying because they are so difficult but this is actually like a tool you can use all of the time like um i think they do a really good job of pointing out when enemies are kind of attacking you from off screen and the fact that the parry can just work um you don't have to turn around and look at them um mm -hmm. works really well too um uh, so but like um just the fact that it, it is such a good um tool during those fights like it, it, there's situations where you can just sit there and block and you'll take like chip damage and um it can be a situation that really pushes you into a bad situation um if you parry in those moments it actually like gets the guys off of you as well and you can kind of uh then switch to your axe and throw an axe at them or you can end with the treus um i think it just gives you uh really good options afterwards it, it feels mm -hmm. like a almost like a fighting game where you you do like a I don't know, like a really good reaction and it opens up a new opportunity. Like you're like, okay, like I've shift the the momentum in my favor because I did a parry. Whereas um some games it's just like, all right, I just wanted to stunt on you, so I parried. Mm -hmm. This is a little bit of both. <laughs> well, more to that point, like <clears throat> I forget what it's actually called in this game, but the uh the stun mechanic, the stagger bar or whatever it is. Yeah. Um you know, actually having different tools build it up faster, especially for the, the harder enemies later on, like that becomes essential to be able to juggle them and to be able to parry them and dodge when you, like it has that dodge indicator for stuff that you can't actually parry. Mm -hmm. And it, that just adds to like, just the tools in your toolbox to be able to deal with things effectively. Um, also, yeah, like using Atreus in all those effective ways and using your special abilities um, and then switching to your other, like the Chains of Chaos special abilities while those other ones refresh, like that's all. I, I think they did a very good job with utilizing the different things that you can do with the limited tools that you have. Mm -hmm. That's what I really enjoyed about the gameplay. Yeah, I, I think the, the Blades of Chaos like come at a 
great time, not just from like the story perspective of like, okay, I need something to power me up here and like make the journey back to go get them. That that's like like a good moment uh, for the character. But I think for me to have to feel obviously more powerful in the sense that I can actually like finally hit a lot more enemies at a wider range. Like that power up felt uh, felt great, and I I think I that did like rejuvenate a lot of my interest in the combat, as I mentioned for at least a few hours as I, uh, you know, was a, a bit more intrigued there and, you know, you have more things to unlock. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that, that progression system uh, a bit, but yeah, I, I do like that. You can, you know, quickly switch to your, your fists and you know, your shield has a few attacks as well, which is fun. And you mentioned Atreus's bow, which yeah, you're right. Like that's not something that you're, I mean, you do. You are actively hitting a button to control it, so you might as well be shooting it. You're just not the one holding it. But mm. I found that was the thing that, like, in the skill tree, I was prioritizing because I just felt like it was so great to have just strong. overpowered uh, arrows that just stunned every enemy, and I could just spam. And if I felt like it, I could sit in the back and just throw my axe and, like, have the arrows flying off and not having to interact with the enemies. So I think that was a good addition. Plus like the summon what the summoning the different yeah, wolves or has, when ravens, you hold down whatever square, it is. He has like either mm -hmm. wolves or birds come and fly out and like do different types of attacks. Yeah. Um, I always love a good summon. So those are fun to use. Even if they're pretty fat, pretty quick uses. Yeah, like they're not sticking they, around they and tanking for you, but I like them. Yeah. I think they're good. Yeah, they they actually I feel like they they've saved my ass a mm -hmm. quite a few times in this game um i'm playing on the I, I tried to play on give me god of war on new game plus and it's mm. impossible that's the highest difficulty it's right so now. hard it's so <laughs> hard like i really felt like i was just i got to like the third group of enemies and i was just like this is just not possible you have to be on like you can't you can't mess up but um and the higher difficulties uh that that like special move that atreus can do it ends up being absolutely necessary um mm -hmm. to just make sure you're doing enough damage as well right uh so i i think maybe one where one of my issues or where i just kind of got burnt out on the combat was the lack of enemy variety in the game uh there's a lot mm -hmm. of the humanoids that feel like slightly different but not really mm -hmm. and that's like what you're fighting most of the time and then they have the ogres and the trolls i forget which one's which but the bigger enemy that has like the totem pole thing that they're yeah. swinging around. They Controls, they changed the yeah. look on them, and maybe they have a couple new moves here or there, but I just found, like, man, do I really got to do this boss fight this many times uh, in this game? And I think that's, like, there wasn't really much else other, I guess, like, you know, the Dark Elves changed things up. There's the There's... Valkyries, but I didn't really fight those a whole lot. And then... Oh, those, are, those are such fun fights. Yeah, those are good uh, fights. And then there's, I don't know, like, there, there just wasn't a ton of... Like memorable the, like, boss fights, I guess we can talk into some of those specific ones. But I, I think that was—is that something you guys would see as an issue, or are you like pretty happy with the amount of variety I, that's there? I think there's there's a few more. Um, they they definitely sprinkle stuff in throughout. Like you go to Muselheim or Musel Muselheim or something like that. Uh, they mm -hmm. have uh, a couple different enemy types. But then there's also the um the, like the big rock ogre guys. There's the wolves. Um, there's the werewolves. Um. They balance it out. I, I, it, it's one of those situations where maybe it's a case of not using the enemies that they had access to. Because you're right that they do have these different types, but I feel like some of those I like barely saw at all. And it, it, it's fun if you can mix up, yeah. you know, which ones you're fighting in a certain battle. But I feel like ninety percent of the time they just fall back on those same ones over and over again. I, I agree. There's definitely uh, they definitely utilize that like humanoid enemy often, and I, I, I think it comes down to I wish there was more 
variety within the humanoid enemies because like from a lore mm -hmm. perspective i don't think i want tons of different things it just starts to get a little bit like all right you have to explain why these things are here now um and there's a, there's the like wraith enemies there's like i think there's it's decent it's not like this amazing um array of of enemy types but i think um considering how like tight the experience is and like how small the area ultimately is i wouldn't mm -hmm. expect it to be this like hugely diverse group um and while there are i guess not necessarily uh, a lot i think they do mix these enemies up in a way like they'll put like arenas together where there's certain groups that make those challenges still enter those fights still interesting it's like okay i have to deal with all of these guys and then one of these now um mm -hmm. which changes up the, the situation a little bit but um i agree there definitely is room for more but uh i think they they have to be a little careful about how they yeah. implement that stuff because there is so much lore in this game already. They just have to start cramming more in. <laughs> Fair enough. I think they utilize the different enemy types fairly well, like if you're looking at the game as a whole, like with all the optional areas and whatnot. But as far as like the main storyline, yeah, like it's kind of, I think I did find myself being like, okay, another one of these guys again. <laughs> yeah. You know, Especially I know how when to it's deal like that him. same kind of KO cutscene. Where he like you know picks up the whatever it is the pole and like smashes it into him. <laughs> God, I've seen you do this uh, like ten times, Kratos. <laughs> I'm not too intrigued by this anymore. I, I take those finisher animations. There definitely needed to be more variety in those. Like the troll, they kill the kills the troll the same way every time. Yeah. Like when you're talking about the dark elves, like I don't know how many spears I threw through these damn guys, but like yeah. they just like fly <laughs> off in the distance. But I I swear there was a time where I did that like six times in a row. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um. But you yeah. mentioned bosses, and I do think there's some like, yeah, amazing I, boss fights in this game. There's quite a few that are like, oh, I think the cinematography does more for it than the fights themselves, or mm -hmm. just the. Well, you know, one one thing that I'll point out from my own experience is like, as soon as I was done the story, I was out. So I know that the Valkyrie things are people are what people are into. But since okay. I didn't really care much for the combat, I'm like, I don't really want to do that. So if those are like some of the better boss content, then yes, I did like not engage with that at all. But I think for for me, it's like I, I you know, the first Balder fight, of course, that's a great moment. That's yeah. a lot of fun. But this, but this, like when I fought him again and I actually killed him, it was like I don't know. This kind of this is kind of boring. Or for me, like the big disappointment I think was the the dragon boss fight that you do. I think that's a fun fight. Yeah, so I mean, I I think we just just very much enjoy this game for different reasons because yeah, like that that was just a slog for me. I'm like, I cannot wait for this to be over. I'm not engaged at all in the, the design of this this boss fight. But what are some what are some of your guys's favorite boss fights in there? You go to I gotta remember. All right, no worries. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, you mentioned the first Balder fight. I think that is like um, has it sets such a good tone for the game in general. Like, mm -hmm. um, and just these multiple moments where you like, it, it does a really good job of showing you what you have to do, especially, or um, tutorializing how you have to handle some of these like um, enemies that will um, kind of, if you're not blocking, you're not parrying in that fight on the harder difficulties, it, you're not getting through it. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think it's a, it's a really good kind of like um, opportunity to push you to use some of your tools. Um, and then just the constant like berating you're getting from Balder throughout is like incredible. And he's just like, it, when you get to the like end of that fight, and he's just like, I didn't feel any of this. 
which is just like i don't know i i i cracked up at that um at just the setting this guy up is just being this like absolute menace um mm -hmm. i actually really like the dragon fight um i think uh it does a good job of tutorializing a item that you're going to use throughout the game um so you have these like uh tree trunks scattered throughout the space and they have this kind of like glowing red orbs um that have like this electricity and you have to wait for the dragon to start to shoot his electricity out and it like sparks the orbs um and you do that a few times you're fighting like hitting his like claws and stuff like that throughout i just think it's like this really just big epic fight i think um most of the fights in this game i i'd say they're outside of the the valkyrie fights which are are just really mechanically um strong i i think they're better for uh the the visual like uh scenario they put you in like um the the fact that the balder fight is broken up by like like four or five different um moments and mm -hmm. there's these like small cutscenes in the middle and in these cutscenes you're still like r wanting r1 spamming and punching the hell out of the guy um or, or in the, the like once again the dragon fight is just it's like kind of like epic arena um and it's just this like huge enemy uh and the largest enemy you've seen up until that point i do think there's some like um some boss fights that are just kind of like all right this is a buffed version of uh, a regular enemy and those ones can be a little mid um i am thinking like when you first uh enter alfheim and you're leaving alfheim and you got to fight this like the like daddy elf yeah right <laughs> so, uh, like, yeah. yeah it's just like that that one's just like all right like here you have all your resources there's going to be health items throughout like just like do your best um use use what you have there's not really anything special to those but some of the more story driven boss fights i think are just like cinematically impressive to me um more than they necessarily are from a gameplay standpoint mm -hmm. but um i think the cinematics like take it over the top right yeah i mean that, i definitely agree with that like that fight with um i forget the giant's name but it's it's one of the last boss fights when you're fighting um the main you know enemy Balder. and yeah Balder. and and Frey is just controlling the the corpse mm -hmm. of the giant like mm -hmm. that's it's i thought that was extremely well done um, just to put you in this kind of atmospheric, like you kind of feel invincible being Kratos, but at the same time, you're like, what, what the fuck am I in right now? Like, what kind of situation is this? Um, as far as a gameplay perspective, like Dylan, I guess you didn't experience this with the Valkyries, but those are where you actually have to like, it's less about the cinematography of it and more about the actual gameplay, like you utilizing all your tools because they are difficult fights. Mm -hmm. um, so those are the two that really stand out, the Valkyries as a whole and the, the giant corpse. <laughs> yeah. Those those Valkyrie fights like swing in the opposite direction where you're in these like super cinematic fights through most of the big bosses. And then like um, the Valkyries feel like difficult Dark Souls boss fights. Like they're mm -hmm. really rewarding. You're going to fight them over and over and over again um, until you just like figure out their um, their rhythm essentially like you like need to understand like okay this is the attack where they parry this is the attack where or where i need to parry this is the attack where i need to make sure that i'm like starting to run away or um yeah. really just using all of what kratos has to offer and then um additionally like you have to build for those fights in some capacity like you, you actually have to like start digging really digging into the rpg mechanics and realizing like oh i need more health or oh i'm not doing enough damage um 
maybe the like R1X skill that you use that can do a variety of things, like give you more health. Like I ended up really leaning into like the slow motion for that fight, those fights, because I felt like I could like consistently get a big chunk of damage without them attacking me. Cause that was like always the hard part. You have to find your opening. Um, and mm-hmm. that just gave you a window. Um, those, those like sit in the top of my like head of, of some of my favorite boss fights I've ever played in a video game. Um, I do wish that, um, that experience was more throughout the game. Um, and it wasn't so much just like, all right, here's these big cinematic moments. Um, and more like, okay, here's a, a real challenge, but I don't think they were looking for that game. It was, well, it was I, I guess they, they probably wouldn't want you to just be bashing your head against the wall for two hours. Yeah. Uh, like you would in Dark Souls, where that's like the experience yeah. you're looking for, and that way you'd be Actually. out of the story for hours. Maybe you're starting to forget stuff. It maybe stretches the game out. So, I in one way I think it's it's probably good, but I, they they could have made that stuff, some of that stuff still optional without you having to beat the game first. Because the Valkyries, do you have to beat the game before you can access any of them, or are can you access I, some of them from the? Because I, I was not really like doing any backtracking in between. You can do some along games. the way. Okay. Yeah, it's you later game them. though. Um, yeah. I think it's like maybe after you get the chisel, something like that. It's it's later for sure. Okay. Because um, one yeah one of the questions we had super bad Mike uh, asked would you love uh, would love to hear how you guys engaged with the more difficult side content of the game so the Valkyries Muspelheim Niflheim I don't remember what the <laughs> difficult stuff of those play I don't know if that's bonus stuff or if that's it's side stuff, story stuff. Um, yeah optional. So yes. what, I, I want to hear about that then because I have not engaged with that con- content of the game either. So how do you guys feel about those? I guess those are two areas that have... W- mm-hmm. w- tell me about that. I'm curious. Yeah, like um, Muselheim was, is like a like challenge arena almost. Okay. Like you go up to these like obelisks and you start these like challenges and it's essentially like, all right, kill all of the guys and you move on and it'll make you do multiple in a row. Um, so it's just kind of like a like a fighting arena. And then uh niflheim was um if i remember correctly i haven't done it since launch um was kind of like a roguelike um yeah it's like it it randomly generates each time and you so it has this mechanic where it's the whole area is enshrouded in fog and the fog eats away you have a little separate bar on top indicating when the fog will start affecting your health um so the whole goal is to you know get in kill these enemies, collect the loot, and then get out before the fog kills you. Yeah. And then each time you leave, it, it randomly generates the enemies and the areas, you know, the different traps that it has. So it's very binding of, yeah, roguelike binding of Isaac, whereas mm-hmm. Muselheim is just like like an arcade level fighter, you know, where you go and you get checkpoints and then you move on to the next fight, that kind of thing, which I actually really enjoyed both of those areas. I, I think they add a lot of like, um they make you more in tune with your combat skills especially with the mist because you have to know how to quickly kill these hard enemies and they're hard enemies like they're not easy Mm -hmm. just base level shit like you have to know exactly what the best strategy is or else you're just going to die from the fog if you don't die from them Mm -hmm. so it really like upgrades your combat skills which i really enjoyed um that was actually the only area Niflheim that I didn't 100% complete because I was like, this is actually quite difficult. <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing I didn't 100% in the game. I did like yeah. all the side quests. I did yeah. like all of the, the Valkyries. I beat Muselheim. Um, yeah. I'm probably butchering that every time I say it. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Niflheim was like, it was tough. And it felt like, okay, I'm actually going to have to sit and grind in this yeah. place like, to get through this. Um, 
And then once again, another situation where I, I think the, the Valkyries and then both of those locations, ones that you have to like spec for, like you have to make sure you change your your, your gear sets just to make sure yeah. that you were like handling these, these situations well. There's an armor set that is specifically made for Niflheim so that the fog does not affect you as severely. Like there's, it, it definitely wants you to... Um, dig into its 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 features right and, and for these it wants you to have a full understanding of like all of the mechanics mm -hmm. do you mm -hmm. feel like those uh kind of additional challenges are really asking you to like fully understand the move set like between those skill all the like skill tree things like do you feel like you truly need to utilize like everything in there to be successful or is it like this valkyrie is countered by this one specific thing in the skill tree so you should probably have that like how does that come into it i'm curious because you mentioned how like the obviously the gear can help you but i'm curious how the skill tree plays into it um i don't i don't think it you need like a hundred percent uh understanding but you definitely need to have like um an understanding of a lot of it like there's there's i think just getting damage out is a tricky part with those fights like making sure that you're like maximizing your damage so if you're like ignoring um like atreus for example or um not doing some of the like higher damage combos you're gonna they're slogs um mm -hmm. uh definitely making sure that you're looking at uh the effectiveness of some of the skills as well and kind of like but i i think the game has enough variety in those things that like in all of the the like rpg mechanics that you can kind of find your way through that you don't have to like I'd say if you needed a hundred percent understanding of all of the mechanics, then like everybody would have to do the exact same thing to beat them. Mm -hmm. um, whereas I do think there's a lot of opportunity to kind of like find your own way through these challenges. Um, but I found that with like Sigrun, for example, like the last Valkyrie, like I personally only had <laughs> one way of defeating this fight. Like I did that for hours and then like finally like specced in a particular way and i was like okay this is the closest i'm gonna get but i'm sure there's a million other like ways to go about that the speedrunners have probably yeah beat it with oh yeah no no gear and like parries only and... <laughs> fists, fists only yeah yeah well the, the valkyrie like i think that's a great parallel that you brought up before dante with the valkyries being very dark souls-esque like it's very much uh they do something there is a correct answer to it and the hard part is just like learning that, that ebb and flow of it, which I really like being uh, a fan of Dark Souls, but I can see why some people would not if they don't have the patience to, um, you know, put in the hours or however long it takes to learn their movesets. Um, whereas those optional areas, like you certainly can do them at your own pace, but Niflheim especially, because, because the fault, like, you're on a time limit and it's not a very big time limit so you really have to you know at least there might not be one specific way to do it but if you're doing it your way you have to know exactly how to do your way against these specific enemies mm -hmm. which i i always like the challenge that those kind of things add i think it adds a lot more complexity to the game so do you guys like the gear system overall? Like you obviously mentioned how there's like, okay, this gear set, you know, helps you against the fog. But uh, I guess just since you have a better understanding of the in-depth mechanics of the game and how gear ties into like the possible damage you can do, or how do you guys feel about uh, that? It's okay. It's like, it's, it's a solid RPG mechanic, right? Like I, I think there's, it, it definitely, um, 
I don't know, keeps me engaged in a way that if it was just like no armor systems or, or like it was just what a traditional like character action game would be, it would be, I guess, a little less exciting. Um, but I think it, it, the fact that it creates so much variety uh, for Kratos is, is pretty fun. Um, like you can be somebody who like totally focuses on doing like magic damage. You can be somebody who are runic damage. You can be somebody who's like totally strength focused. You can be a glass cannon. You can be super defensive. Like I, I like that. I, I do like the fact that you can kind of customize Kratos to be how you want him to be. But um, mm-hmm. I... I feel like maybe like some of the runes and um, it may, mainly the runes just get a little bit to be annoying. Like I, I do, it's it's kind of like almost like a materia system or something like that. You have these, these are just like slots. It's like gem mm-hmm. slots and they all have these like different um, passives on them. And it does get to a point where like, okay, min maxing this stuff appropriately is kind of tough like you definitely have to have like i think a full understanding of what you're even putting into those slots to to get the most out of them whereas a lot of times i'm just like all right this one's the highest level and it doesn't sound like shit or this one has like the highest activation um so i'm gonna reach for that one because it'll like pop the most um but i'm sure if you talk to somebody who has like a better understanding of it, it's like no this one is excellent despite having like a low perk activation Mm. and it's because of this or and um, I, I think getting into that nitty gritty is like cool that they give you that option, but I uh, I do feel like maybe there was like there's probably a more elegant way of doing that that doesn't become such a I don't know like if you're playing it at like a medium level you're just like chucking whatever the highest gear score thing is I, I pretty much would just put yeah. on whatever had the highest strength and then I exactly would go on my yeah. very way <laughs> which is fine because they want to you should still be able to you know adhere to that more casual play style mm-hmm. but while also having that you know, that ability to min-max it if you want. Yeah. So I think it was good. It wasn't, like, groundbreaking anyway, but it, it was fine for, for what the game had. Yeah, I think maybe the only thing that kind of annoyed me is just, like, the frequency I was getting stuff, and it would, like, pause the game, essentially, to make me look at this thing that I got, even <laughs> if it sucks, and, like, I can it has no color attached to it. You'd still, like, have to look at it. Uh, Did you? So... I'm, I'm playing a New Game Plus, so, like, I'm sure they may cut a lot of those things out. I didn't know you had to, like look at every item you got i'm so i'm just well, you know you don't have to like, go into your menu but like it's a pop-up on screen that you like mm. are stopped i i believe so whatever it was i don't know i just felt like i was getting too much stuff sometimes but that's kind of a that's like a more minor issue in terms of like the things i didn't like about this game um <laughs> is there anything else about the combat specifically that you guys uh feel like we haven't mentioned yet um we didn't talk about your rage meter at all or like going like i think that's a that has a cool um lore implication and um like combat importance right like so you essentially go into like this rage mode and you can like rebuild you can gain back health by hitting uh and killing enemies uh he just like literally throws all his weapons away and he just starts punching aggressively and it's a uh i it always was like just spamming r1 in these moments and then i realized like almost every button does something which is pretty fun um mm-hmm. like like l2 like he grabs a rock out of the ground and like throws it at you like oh, that's cool. um, i, I think that. like square does like multiple stomps back to back like 
Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize for the longest time. I think in this like new game plus playthrough, I was like, wait a second. I think you have to unlock. I think you have to put those in the skill tree now. Don't oh, that's. I that's might. Likely. I might be wrong about that, but that's I think a, that's you likely. Um, yeah. like I said, I'm I'm playing new game plus, so I'm just like, all right, I've got all the stuff. Like I've got all the bells and whistles on Kratos right now, so I don't remember. And I have like the whole skill tree unlocked, so yeah. Um, I did not. I don't know what's was given to me initially and what hasn't been. Um, but. Yeah, so, like, I think uh, the the rage mechanic is really cool because, like, there are moments when, like, Atreus gets taken away and he's like, fuck this. And you just go into, like, infinite rage mode. Um, I think there's just, like, some 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 pretty great moments uh, with that. Uh, I, I, it's, it's really useful. It's just, like, an opportunity to do higher damage. I'm wearing armor right now that actually cuts it in half, but I gain it really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, like, opportunities to, like, adjust it as well. And uh, once again, like, kind of, like, cater it to um, to your play style. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just a fun little addition. Mm-hmm. It's something that's from the previous games as well. You would always, like, fill up a meter, and then it's just, like, all right, time to pop off. Um, yeah. It's pretty fun. Mode. Yeah. Saris, anything else from you on uh, combat side of things? I don't think so. I think we covered it uh, pretty well. Yeah. All right. With that, let's take our first ad break here, and then we'll get into the next round of topics. We are back. So I, I kind of want to talk about those <laughs> level design issues that I mentioned because I think to me this is why I found this game to be uh, such a slog at times. And I think for me the biggest thing is, you know, to some extent probably a limitation of the PS4 thing and why they designed the game this way. But I just became like hyper aware of this thing where you can never, then the game never lets you like walk for more than like, I'm going to say a minute without like having to lift up a column and move it to the side and then slowly walk through or crawl through a gate in the wall or open a door and close it behind you so that you have to open it again or climb up this ladder or the list goes on. It's like never ending. And I, it became this like mini game in my head. I was playing of like, I wonder how long it's going to be until I have to hit X or square, whatever it is, and wait for 10 seconds for Kratos to do this thing. And it's like, dude, pick up this pillar and move it so that I don't have to do this every time. But of course, it's because that's where they're hiding their loading zones and stuff like that. So I get that limitation. But man, it drove me nuts. And it made it really hard for me to feel invested in the world because everything felt so small in this game. And I think that goes really against the story we're telling and where like every character is like a god who has all these powers and we're going across these different realms. But like everything is so small and even like the distance between places, it just feels like it's just tiny. So I think to me, it's like, I don't know, there's a lot of little contrived scenarios of like you have to do silly little puzzles or, you know, to knock chains down to climb around and stuff like that. And I understand why some of it's in there, but man, I, it just like drove me nuts. I was pulling my hair out so much uh, in this game because of some of those level design things. I, it's so fun. like I get it, but I also see it as like almost like really impressive game design considering like the limitations. Like that game is so pretty, and the fact that they can like. There's, I, I really do think like the PS4 was like pushed to its absolute limits here. And the, mm-hmm. the, the way that the camera works in that game, I, I think this is like one of my favorite parts of the entire game. The fact that there's no cuts, right? There's no, there's no, there's no hard cuts in that game at all. It's just like 
panning behind Kratos a hundred percent of the time. And if they move the camera it's to go, mostly like that, else, there, there are, there are there's no cuts. cuts. There's no, no cuts in that game. I, because I knew we going died. into the game that that was a thing that everyone talked about. So I was conscious of it. And yeah. there were many times, you know, it's not often, obviously the game's like specifically set up to be this one story you're following, but it happens, man. If you, you know, pay attention to it on your new game plus playthrough, it happens. I have been. Sometimes. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm, I'm halfway through the game right now on my new game plus, And there is not a single time outside of when you die that they like, it fades to black or there's like a flicker and you're seeing another character. They, the camera swings like uh, towards wherever it's trying to go. Or it, like, mm-hmm. it's like somebody panning, like they're, I'm, I'm realizing there's people who listen to this, so I can't just like emote, but um, <laughs> there's like, like the, the, the camera guy will like point in a direction uh, to focus on something else that's happening. I, you're going to have to show me an example of a cut. Cause I do not believe that they exist. Um, I'm sure there's a YouTube video of it. You can, you yeah, can look I'll, it I'll up, have but... to, I'll have to do some digging. Um, but uh, that was, yeah, that was one of the things that they. Like, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm being kind of facetious with it because it is still impressive what they're doing. But I also feel like at the cost of that is those one yeah. million loading zones. And for me, I actually think I would have preferred the opposite. I know this is like doing something different, but man, it really did drive me nuts to have to stop every like few seconds to hit like wait arbitrary amounts of time so to me it's like it's impressive to an extent but it also i think actively made me dislike the game more for it the zones are small but they stick you in these zones for sometimes extended periods while you handle puzzles or go and do exploring and and also like you're not running into that a lot when you're in like greater midgard right like you're going and you're like paddling your boat all around Mm -hmm. and um the it's it's rare to be in a situation like where the the most i think you like would feel those experiences when you're like okay i'm getting off towards an island and i need to climb up a space real quick to get to the next zone um mm-hmm. but these zones I, I almost spend a good like 10 minutes in them before i move on and then the the whole thing that i have to do is just like pick up a rock and i can move on and there's not this like 30 second load time like which the ps4 is like known for having incredibly long load times for some for a lot of different games Mm -hmm. i i'm still like i think uh, impressed at how they were good a good of a job they did at hiding these because most games in that generation have like just egregious load times and i would rather pick up a block once every 10 5 10 minutes than sit through a 30 second load screen every single time (laughs) i do it anything uh i'm looking at you bloodborne i love you <laughs> god damn um yeah i don't know there's just like I, I i think for once again we have to like think about this that this is a game that came out at the tail end of the ps4 generation and uh working within those limitations i think it did an exceptional job of hiding those things especially while trying to focus on uh the cinematography being what it is um because they could have just cut to black in some of those situations they could have made that that area larger and then cut to black more often um but you wouldn't have had that kind of cinematic effect i don't think mm-hmm. good trade you lie on this uh this debate saris <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i think i'm more with with dante on this um I, it's also kind of like a callback to i mean you can correct me if i'm wrong on this because you've played in dante but those other games were were very interactive like that weren't they like you have to actually you know press a specific button to do something. It's not just yeah. a free world open realm. So I think it's probably a bit of a callback to that. And yeah, I agree. I mean, if if 
all I have to do. I don't. I honestly don't mind climbing up shit. I think <laughs> that, that's that's totally fair. I think if I played, you know, as many games as you do, not to like say it that way, I probably wouldn't be bothered by it. But I've just played so many games now yeah. where I'm climbing yeah, yellow funny. ledges that I'm just totally sick of it. Nowhere <laughs> near as egregious as Horizon is. That game, it that definitely started to bother me, especially in the new one. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my god, I can't like. So here's here's the deal. If, you won't find me defending the new Horizon. Me. I don't like that game either. <laughs> if Ragnarok has as much of that as um, 2018 does, I think it's more of a conversation. But like, well, I, I mean, I dude, think, it, the, it's a PS4 game still. It's still a PS4 game, Ragnarok. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't. I think it's going to be the exact same. I think they like. There's only we'll so much they can do with that hardware, right? That's true. That's true. But uh, like, I, I I agree with you. I think the the yellow ledge thing has gotten absolutely awful and really annoying and i hate it as well um but back in four years ago i don't think i was as frustrated with it as i mm -hmm. am at this point and so, i i don't think i would have been either but it, of yeah. course that's just the order of how my life worked out <laughs> that's totally a fair point i don't think i'm sucked into that yellow ledge syndrome as much as as you may be yeah, yeah. It's just like, there's there's better ways I think to mm -hmm. identify, hey, this is an acceptable place to climb. I do think they do a better job than like Horizon once again, though, where it's just like all these yellow laser beams all over the place. Where this is just like, all right, there's these like faint gold. Yeah. Um, and it also, I guess it's just it's different because open world game versus whatever you want to call this. I would not call it. This is obviously not an open world game, no, so it's, it's hard like, to um, compare those two I, things. I, uh, I don't. I guess we're talking about level design now. Um, yeah. I always I think about this game like I think about like a Metroid, or like a um okay. what was the the Star Wars game um from Jedi the, Fallen Jedi Order Fallen Order like mm -hmm. very similar very similar where it's like okay I'm getting these new items throughout I'm going back very like Metroid Prime right yeah um I think that's and, actually yeah it's a pretty good comparison I'd say I guess because even yeah even for me who wasn't like specifically looking outside content you still do a lot of backtracking. Uh, in this game, you go back to places to either yeah. get things or now you have, yeah, like that chisel thing and you can pop through this door that you couldn't before. So I think right. that is a pretty mm -hmm. apt comparison. I hadn't really thought about it, but that makes sense. Yeah, I, I really enjoy that. I know that some people don't like that kind of backtracking in games. I, um, I I like the idea of giving me a space and then making me think about the space differently because I have new tools. I, I, mm -hmm. I Like I said, I know that that one's like, depending on the person, that could be an absolute chore. Um, but uh, I, I, I think that also is something that I, I, I really do give like a, a nice little gold star to personally um just the the way that they make you rethink the space um or like when the the center column moves and the like the water levels go down and it mm -hmm. changes those spaces entirely it's like okay mm -hmm. i have all of this these spots that i've been to before but now i have to uh, i'll go back to them and navigating them is completely different um mm -hmm. so they reuse the space despite it being uh, a contained world uh, once again probably saving them from some crazy uh like uh, it probably would have made that game even larger than it already is like i think the mm -hmm. new game said that it's gonna be like 100 gigs so <sighs> it's rough um but i i think they do a really good job of reusing these spaces um despite once again you climb a ledge a lot you lift up a a, a thing or lift up a, a fallen over column it's the same fallen over column every time like i'm gonna i'm definitely gonna give it flack where it deserves it you know what i mean like they could have done some things to make that design a little better but once again working with what they add i think more I, yeah i'm trying to think of games that in that same 
generation that are more impressive in these situations. Yeah, I mean, Plague Tale is the one that's hot in my mind where it's like, it's the exact same thing of like, man, if this character could easily climb up this thing right now and the whole thing would be solved, but they just can't do it because of course yeah. it's a video game, but like it, it just doesn't bother me in that game and it, and it bothers me here. So it's it's weird how things will just hit you differently, right? And I, I think that was just a, a thing too where, I don't know, I just felt like I, I'm I'm... It felt different in this game for me, I think, because of the context of the character. And yes, I haven't played those earlier games, but obviously mm. this guy's like a fucking superhuman in cutscenes. <laughs> he's yeah. jumping insane heights, but then I can't jump like five feet up and I have to do this puzzle. Boy. That's annoying. Boy. <laughs> boy. Yeah, you gotta he's gotta make sure his boy can Well, how about Dante <laughs> then when when Atreus is sick and he's not with you? Huh? What about yeah. then? He just knows he's gonna have to. He'll won't be sick soon, and he'll have to deal with it again. No, I, no, I do feel like, to an extent, I, I, I do feel like to an extent, I am obviously like nitpicking here, but I think I just I pay like such close attention to level designing games, and it's like, man, I I did not like at the end of my experience, I didn't think back on any level, and I was like, man, I really enjoyed going through that sequence in particular. Like, there's a cinematic moment that stood out to me, or a character moment, some line of dialogue, maybe a, a certain boss fight or, or battle or something like that. But like actually navigating the world just never felt good for me. And you know, I, I don't, I'm not asking for a jump button, a dedicated jump button. I don't need that for what this game is, it, it, for what this game is. Uh, but there, I, I don't know, I guess I, I felt like I needed something else. And I don't want to change the game from what it is, but it was just kind of uh, sluggish in the way you're going through things. And like, you know, there's a lot of elevators in this game and, you know, to talk, more about some of those specific puzzles. Like this is just very much a me thing, but there was not a single puzzle in this game that I enjoyed or like, oh man, I, I figured like that. that one out. So I think that is gonna be more of a me thing. Once again, I liked how they used the accent in it, but like, oh man, I just, I didn't like the way you get around this world. And that, you know, bogs down obviously like most of the experience when whatever it is, 50, 60, 70% of the game is doing that as you're going from place to place. I was just mm -hmm. like, I, I I think they, I, I don't know, Sony's doing a million TV shows and movies. I forget if they've announced a God of War one, but it's like, I'm excited for that because I would love this world, these stories, these characters, but I don't want to play the game myself to get there. <laughs> uh, so I think that's where I lie on it. I know I threw out a lot of stuff there, but I don't know, level design puzzles. Like I, I'm guessing you guys are just, once again, the opposite of me on that, but any, any thoughts on that stuff? I can agree. I think the puzzles were... Uh, at some point, it became a bit lackluster. I mean, obviously, the mechanic of using your, your axe is cool. Mm -hmm. But I do remember some where I'm like, okay, I have to do this now. I don't have specifics on my mind, but I do remember that sitting in my mind. But something I did really like, and I don't even think it's necessarily done super well in this game, but just in general, I really love it, is is the uh, the realm switching. Mm. Like, it just reminds oh, yeah. me of, like, old uh, Crash Bandicoot, you know, where you okay. fucking just go to different <laughs> levels, and it's just like, hey, there's something new here. Even if the new areas aren't big at all, and they're usually optional, but I just, there's something really magical about that to me, so I'm always a big fan of when games do that. Okay. It, yeah. it is, like, it, it does a, that's a really nice way to, like, just change up the environment, too. It's like, okay, you're not stuck by, like, okay, I'm climbing up the mountain, and now I'm seeing snow. By the way, the snow in this game is sick looking. It's great. So, yeah. it's so good. Um, it's but like, man, when I finally got to the top of that mountain, I'm like, okay, it's yeah. worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that broken yeah. elevator that took me 10 hours to finally get past. Okay, <laughs> that's good. I'm worth it. But um, yeah, just like being like, going to Muselheim and just being like, holy shit, this is like red.
right? We're in this like where I am in hell, essentially, or um the the elven area having this like lush, like um like this lake area with all this like lush forestry around. It's just like they do a good job mm -hmm. of like switching it up, um, going between these, and it, it does kind of do this thing where every single time you are about to go to some place for your for the first time you're like oh my god what okay what is going to be different here like how is this going to be a different environment um puzzles yeah like i like puzzles in games i think i'm happy that they used those to break up the combat more i think they could have done a little more with the puzzles outside of just like throw the axe to move this lever that'll or this this like windmill thing that will end up moving its way back or um pick up the crystal and carry the crystal to the thing and then have Atreus shoot it. Um, like they, they reuse God, the I same hated puzzle. those crystals so much. Yeah. <laughs> it makes, cause it does make you like, you can't run with them, right? You're like so that's slow. the only thing. I'm like, I'm yeah, so strong. Let I me agree. run with this crystal. Like, throw it on my I've, shoulder. I've hated that since like years of war. Don't like slow me down. You know what yeah. I mean? When mm -hmm. we're doing something like just like, okay, this is the, this is the thing I have to take care of. Let me throw it over my shoulder and book it. I'm Kratos. Like he can handle this. He literally um, carries a tree in the opening scene <laughs> over exactly, his shoulder. Exactly. Picks up that like yeah, moose like, thing, right? Too, right? Yeah. yeah, it's like the thing yeah. might as well be a pebble in comparison. Um, so there are some moments like that where I think the puzzles can just, I think they just need more variety in the puzzles. I think the puzzles are really fun in those moments. Like uh, one of the early ones I think is like kind of fun is you are walking into this space and there's like spikes that can like come down and kill you, but you have to make sure that you keep mm -hmm. the axe frozen in the same position, but then you have to pull the axe away to hit other things and mm -hmm. then put it back um, to make sure it doesn't crush you. I think like stuff like that's pretty fun, um, but they just make you do it too many times. Yeah. I think it's just a, a trap that any of the games kind of in this genre space feel the need to have puzzles like this in there to break up the combat. So you're not always doing that to make the game, I mean, honestly, truthfully, is like part of it's probably just padding to make the game a bit longer too and feel like, you know, you can advertise more things and stuff like that. But because of that, they also don't want to make them, it's not a puzzle game, so they don't want this to be this hard puzzle that you're stuck on for hours to figure it out, mm -hmm. uh, to take you out of the world, because then that would be just as bad as having too much combat or something like yeah. that. But then, you know, none of them are actually really that interesting either, so it just feels like busy work and... Like they specifically wanted me to have 10 more minutes before these story beats so that a bit more time passed. And yeah, it's just uh, just too bad. It doesn't really work for me. So hopefully some of that stuff's more interesting. You have more interesting tools in Ragnarok, but I'm uh, not, not expecting that what? to be the case. I think it'll be pretty similar tier. Oh, I think I think they're going to switch it up. I, I do like I'm I'm optimistic. I mean, it's there'll be some four, new mechanics, but years. I don't think the puzzles will be like better than they are here. I wouldn't expect that. We'll see. Um, I really like the um, one of the puzzle types I actually like found to be really enjoyable, and I wish they used this one more. They I feel like there's a really um, concentrated amount of them in a space is when you have these like tree overgrowth things, and you have to find the right mm. like space mm -hmm. to be in to throw the axe to hit like multiple in a row. Mm -hmm. Um, it'll be like multiple like roots, and they have like orbs in the roots, and you have to hit all of the orbs. Um. Those were fun. I feel like those I actually like had to like really think about the environment a few times and mm -hmm. move into spaces or like progress sitting there thinking like, man, I feel like I should be able to hit this right now. But if I just like walked into the next room, I'd realize there was like a window that had visibility towards it. Like um, those were cool. I wish there were more of those. Uh, they yeah. kind of seem like they're only in Alfheim. Um, 
Yeah, so. I guess maybe there isn't tons of that in the like kind of optional content of the game. They didn't really do more of those kinds of no, puzzles. Not really. Okay. Not that I remember, at least. Um, but yeah, once again, I think if they just, even if they bring back some of these puzzle types and just add variety to them, I don't yeah, well, I, I forget like what they've shown off in the trailers. And I think there's like a, a sword or something. So I'm sure you'll just have more tools at your disposal, right? As any yeah. sequel has to do. So hopefully with that, there's just like more variety naturally, which would make sense. Uh, I have been, I've had blinders on. Okay, sorry. I forget. Oh, I honestly good, forget I what I saw. So. Handle a sword. Okay. I can picture a couple of these cinematic <laughs> moments and I'm actually excited that you will go into those fresh because a couple shots they've shown, I'm like, damn, that looks amazing. I cannot wait to be at that point in the game. So that's cool. Nice. Uh, in terms of other locations, I feel like we've mentioned the big ones and there, like I said, there wasn't a ton that excited me too much. I think the place that I did uh, enjoy... And I mean, not for the level design or anything, but just the look of it was the giant's corpse, like that huge giant, like the frozen mm -hmm. giant when you're going mm -hmm. through that area that I cannot remember the name of. Oh, it's uh, a, and it's a T. Right. And I like that, like from the get go, you can kind of see the objective, the place you're going to. It's like on his hammer, whatever it is. And you're like going around to get up there. But, you know, you start pretty far from him and then you go right up to his face and you can throw your axe at his eye if you want and hear the different sounds it makes when it squishes into him or bounces <laughs> his eye and stuff like that. So. I liked that. I thought that was like a just a fun setting uh, for a level, at least. Any any highlights for you guys in terms of locations? Um, I I really do like that first time you go to Alfheim. Um, it's just gorgeous. I think it's really really pretty. That's the uh, dark elf like home yeah, world, right? Yeah, I just think it's it's a nice uh, change from what you've seen thus far. And then um, that climb at the end of the game is really something when you get to the giant's realm and you're like climbing the the mountain with mm -hmm. the hand or that looks like a hand um and just going in and seeing all of this like old mm -hmm. like just um just i'm trying to like word this better but um like cave paintings or like yeah like trees, this, things this like forgotten that. civilization History. essentially yeah. yeah and i i just i i thought that was really um impactful especially all of the lore dump that's happening at that point too definitely helps like it's hard to kind of separate a lot of situations it, it's cool to have like that yeah. huge mural as well because you're opening up those like cabinets a lot throughout the game so to have like just something that's you know 20 times the size of that is, is yeah. pretty cool in the final moments um, yeah I, I i thought that was um really cool helheim's pretty dope as well i remember not really like that's that's like that's the afterlife right yeah, you're Where like, yeah, you're trying to, I'm trying to remember it 100%, but like, I'm looking up a picture here. Yeah, it's I remember, just like hazy like and blue and like, right. it's just like frozen. Yeah. It's like, like decrepit world. I don't know. I remember just, always like, just being like anxious, but not in a good way there. Being like, <laughs> am I going to like fall off this fucking cliff into the right. or something? Um, I actually didn't really like that area, but something I did really like was uh, Freya's house. The, oh, the moving that's, call travel, out, that's so sick and you go yeah, underneath yeah. it and that's it's i thought that was that amazing that's like an oasis too like you walk in there and it's like beautiful like i am yeah. playing the the like ps5 upgraded version which has hdr i guess the pro version probably had hdr too and like you walk into that mm. and it's like the most vibrant like full, like mm. reds and blues and like mm. all of these just like gorgeous flowers everywhere where you don't see that anywhere else um yeah. and then yeah just the was the, did he name the 
the turtle Charlie or Charles. Oh, I forget. I forget. Uh, it's something like that. He was, he was like, he's like, Charles said something. He's like, who is that? <laughs> um, he's like, it's a turtle. He's like, that's what, uh, it's at least what his name sounded like. Um, right. yeah, it's just, uh, that oh, such a, such a good space. I'd say mm -hmm. very small and contained, but like, mm -hmm. um, you kind of stumble in from outside where it's just like rocks and broken ships and all of this like the the typical stuff you're you're finding in um in Midgard and just like it's just beautiful area. It's a great transition area too. Like actually going in there and then going back down to that cave. You know, just the transitional space of it. I think it works really well. Totally. Uh. Sarah, so you had mentioned like the going to different realms. You like that part of it too. Uh, I guess we haven't really mentioned this that the kind of fast travel in this game is contextualized as you going through the portal, uh, which I I think that's great. I like when games contextualize fast traveling. Like you know, shouts to Luigi Luigi's Mansion, where if you like look at yourself in the mirror, you like teleport back to the main foyer. I always thought that was like a really cool mechanic that you could use that at any point if you're in a bathroom or maybe a bedroom has like a mirror in it if you just want to quickly teleport back like that kind of thing is cool but this is obviously very different than that but just <laughs> having some a place that you're going in the meantime uh between these places is cool once again it's just like they're hiding loads here yeah. so that you know whatever <laughs> uh and but i once you know that you can also just like go through the door and just sit there and then wait for the thing to spawn in front of you which is pretty much what i did every time i just put the controller down Whereas I think they're trying to make it so you just walk the whole time, so you're you know constantly in motion. But mm. I just preferred to put the controller down and ugh, do a little stretch, something like that, <laughs> at those moments. It's uh, so funny that you like challenged it. You're like, I'm gonna stand here and wait <laughs> and see if it loads. And well, eventually, right. obviously, it did. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll I'll do it. Why not? Uh, <laughs> I any anything else on like locations or world design? I'm thinking like the only kind of points I want to get into at this point would be uh, some of the story moments and characters and things like that. But uh, any, anything else you want to mention in this kind of section? Nothing that we haven't already touched on. Okay. Changing the changing rate cars. Oh, I thought that was mm -hmm. sick. Um, the, the water level. Um, but yeah, other than that. Cool. Yeah. I, think the, I think this is the big chunk, right? Like the story is, mm -hmm. I think, one of the strongest parts of the whole game, so. Absolutely. Let's let's take our very last ad break then and we can come back and dive into that story and the characters. Okay, we are back. So, you know, actually, just to jump off kind of what you were saying there, uh, Sarah, so I really like, this is going out of order already, but that's fine. Uh, I really like that sequence of the game where you go inside uh, the belly, or I guess the just the body of the snake. Is it a belly of the snake? Is the whole, is the whole snake a belly? I don't really know. It's a perpetual belly, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Or a throat, a throat, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, the throat, that sounds... I, you could also well. go as far as say that the whole snake is the butt. So it's... Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I've, I've never thought about this before. If you stretch a snake out, I guess you could look like directly... It's like a telescope. Right through it. <laughs> <laughs> snake anatomy 101 here on Geekers Podcast. But no, I, I really liked that sequence one. It was just great and cinematic. It's also kind of a terrifying moment. It's kind of scary, and there's the scale of it. And you're not in there for too long, but uh, that that was a sequence that really stood out to me because I think like the the world serpent in general is like 
maybe my sing the single like coolest thing in the game for me when I look at the trailers for Ragnarok and they show off some like big huge cinematic set pieces like I think if I think about those for this game I would just think of the first moment you see the serpent or when you go inside of them like those moments really stand out to me along with like the fight where Freya's moving the giant hand or seeing that giant the frozen giant things like that but big shout outs to the world serpent who is both terrifying and intriguing in a way that is very captivating that he's kind of always there too right because you're spending a lot of time in that main area I can't remember the name of the like that kind of center area so Midgar. yeah Midgar there you go mm -hmm. I love how you can see him in the background too like yeah. his body kind of you know most, yeah like most situations he's he's always there yeah yeah mm -hmm. and it makes sense that he has an impact on the world like visibly changing things uh you know whatever that's changing the water level eating statues things like that just just changing stuff around Mm -hmm. uh, do you guys do you guys have a story moment in mind that sticks out? Do you want to talk about characters specifically? What, what's calling to you in this moment? Um, I have a moment. I have a moment. Um, fairly early on, it's once again. I don't know why I keep bringing up Alfheim. I think it's just like present in my head because, like I said, I'm about halfway through the game. Um, mm -hmm. so that was something I did fairly recently. Um, mm -hmm. the moment you touch the light in Alfheim, uh, I, I think uh, to back up, like the relationship between Kratos and Atreus is like one of the strongest i don't know representations of like fatherhood in a video game like he's mm. he's so um kratos is so detached and like clearly atreus is just like looking for something to like to to hang on to with him because it's like his last parent because his mother died and that's the whole reason you're doing this um is to to bring her ashes to the highest point in the realm um but he earlier like earlier in the in the playthrough says like i won't leave your side or i will not leave you and then he touches the light of alfheim and then um leaves for He's there for like 10 seconds and then you come back out and there are just piles of bodies everywhere and atreus had just like had to go on this like slaughter fest to survive and he's furious afterwards and he is just this like angsty little asshole for like a <laughs> long period after that and i just think it's like really effective um it, it definitely I, I i think is one of the points of change in kratos also um where he starts off as just this like like brash um just not fun dad at all he's just like bossing his son around all the time and then he actually like i think after that point starts treating him like a person mm -hmm. um and not just like this this person this thing who is just there to translate and shoot arrows um i don't know i, I that's that's one of my favorite moments in the entire game i just think he does it does such a good job of uh of further setting up like their conflict um and the things that they're gonna have to deal with because that's like it's 25 percent of the way through the game right so mm -hmm. um there's a lot of character building from that point forward um after you realize uh atreus is like you know what fuck you dad <laughs> no. it's definitely a good part for me yeah no i i mean that's the highlight for the game for sure is just the relationship between uh those characters and especially i mean atreus is the one that gets to you know, could use this term, chew the scenery a bit more. He gets to be more emotional and I don't know, I guess just have more like flavor to his dialogue even, where it, as you mentioned, Kratos is very much just like bottling everything up inside. And I think they do a good job of that, but I think it, it makes him a little bit 
less compelling here for me. And maybe if I had played some of those previous games, it would have more meaning to it to actually have been there for his journey to get to the point where he's at now. But I, I, I think in the process of that, like Atreus gets to shine and I still enjoy what Kratos is doing. I think even just the, you know, like him, like wrapping up his arms and stuff like that. He's constantly downplaying his abilities, who he is, what he's done, his scars, his history, all that stuff. Uh, and I think, yeah, as you mentioned, like he doesn't really fully crack open by the end of the game. It's not like he's, you know, just quipping and like you're just super <laughs> lighthearted guy when it's all said yeah. and done. But yeah. he definitely opens up more and he has that level of trust with Atreus as, I mean, a lot of things happen with Atreus specifically. But yeah, I mean, you're definitely right to highlight that relationship. And I'm glad you brought up that moment because I kind of forgot about that individual sequence. But you're right that that is really cool from a gameplay experience too that they kind of just skip that time and you're kind of seeing that moment truly as kratos right in a way so i think that 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 sequence is definitely very well done uh, i want to hear you guys talk about that because it's been a long time since i it's been a while since i've played it so i don't remember like the specific character implications of the story but um, well, i think I, oh, sorry, I, I, I just really, I, I want to relive it almost through your yeah. storytelling. So. <laughs> well, Dylan, you, you mentioned um, how there's like, you're, you're not familiar with some of the implications from the, from the previous games. Um, I, 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 quickly, I want to say, I feel like they do a pretty good job of implying things that have occurred. Yeah. Even not, not like flashbacks, but they kind of, you know, show you some stuff, but obviously like I have not, been there in the seat to go on that journey with him so it's right. like i can't i can't get fully there there's a there's a side quest that i think is like a really great nod that um kratos definitely clearly has a difficult time dealing with it whenever atreus brings it up uh and he he it's about how a um uh like a side story character uh stabbed his father in the back and he's just like how could he do that he killed his own father like that's that's absurd mm -hmm. and then and then kratos is just like all right let's go because <laughs> he literally killed his own father as well and i think that like that's i guess a nod to some of the some of the side story just like the not as much what you're doing in those side moments but the conversations that happen throughout mm -hmm. those side moments i think are um really kind of impressive um the the fact that they are um adding further depth to their relationship in those moments as well i think is pretty cool um the fact that like I think Atreus understanding that Kratos killed his dad makes him think that maybe one day I will kill my dad. And I, I, I think maybe they even nod to it a little bit in the like in the end when they're like hmm. showing Atreus with his dead father, right? I, I'm, I haven't seen the end of this game in well. Four I, years, I don't know so. if it's I don't know if it's necessarily that, but I, I think it's just how the whole game characters are bringing up who not even that kratos killed his dad necessarily but just who he is that he is a mm. god and that he's not sharing that with atreus obviously for freya that's a big deal that he she brings it up multiple times mimir is talking mimir about that does. as yeah as yeah. well uh and like that's just such a huge thing to keep from someone of course but he's doing it because he's scared of what's going to happen rightfully so in a way of course from a certain perspective seeing actually what does happen but then i think that layer of like man, is this guy going to do what I did in a way? Like, he has to kind of be fearful. But I also feel like at the same time, he almost doesn't even care if that were to occur in some way. He's been through so much that he's, like, not necessarily ready to die, but I, I guess, like, by the time that would happen, I... Well, no, he is, he would be like, ready. the a really big part of three is him trying to kill himself. 
Like, right. he's, this man has been through it. Like, I, that's why he is, he is such a traumatized character. And mm. they did such a good job of um, humanizing him further in this game. Um, yeah. Whereas, like, before he was just this um, kind of just a badass. Like, he was just this, this, he's a, he is that in this too. But, like, definitely even more so with yeah. in less character, surprisingly. Well, I think enough. it was a, a brilliant idea then to bring Atreus in uh, as someone who you could get more playful with and have more because he is like a kid so he's mm. just enjoying things he like wants to learn he's having fun but is all also kratos is super hard on him just anytime he misses an arrow or he isn't perfect anytime he isn't absolutely frame perfect on whatever he's doing <laughs> he's gonna get criticized for it and i think for me that's where the game uh like one like kind of great moment that kind of turns into just the rest of the game is when atreus does find out that he is part god and then i guess even later on when he finds out he's part giant as well uh like in that mural scene once again but just the turn he instantly has where he's like i'm better than all these people yeah. i can kill whoever i want i can do whatever yeah. i want and no one is allowed to stop me because i think the game is at to that point it's like okay kratos maybe you've played this guy over the years but like there isn't much personality there on the surface and he like he's definitely he seems like a bad guy he's mean to his son so you're not rooting for him necessarily even if he is your playable character yeah. but atreus is like this almost happy-go-lucky kid and you want him to succeed in life so you're cheering for him so to have that turn where he's like man he that was not quick because you you really you are building up to that turn but like it it is still quick when he finally finds out and then he like instantly is a different person and he's yeah. like a you piece go. of shit yeah, like that, that is over. a really really <laughs> good moment and then yeah like i said it there's like another few hours after that where you're dealing with the repercussions of that. And then he finds out even more power that he controls when both of them are learning about uh, the mother's past as well. Mm. Um, speaking of, or this is a little bit of a tangent, but um, or just like the gods and giants in general, um, the way that they set up this story to be happening in the future and the past at the same time is pretty interesting. Um, there's like a couple nods to that. And I don't think they like aggressively say that this is what's happening, but like um, one of the times, like uh, uh, the, the world serpent comes down and like choose um, a statue of Thor. And he's like, Oh yeah, they've had issues in the past, or I guess mm -hmm. those are going to happen. Um, and then understanding mm -hmm. like, as you dig, I did all this like side, like looking into all of the characters and kind of their like relationships um, mm -hmm. at some point and like learning that the world serpent is Atreus's son is wild. Do you mean like, like God of War lore or just like mythology? No, the, in, in this in-game lore. Yeah, God okay, of War okay. 2018 lore. Like there is signs pointing to like it is confirmed as well at this point. Like um, Atreus's son is the world serpent. Um, and there is. Like, How does that i don't know either i like you I don't can't understand. drop that bombshell it is the case but like I, I i just i don't understand how this man had a snake baby is the thing i don't understand there must have been some sort of um transition that happens to the world mm -hmm. at some point um but just to, to understand man that, like, who is the wife in that equation that's you know they, well, she's 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 in the second game uh she might be in this one she might be in 2018 i, I just can't remember the end but like do you meet a like a little girl giant god in i this don't game? think so maybe Pretty... i'm blanking on that well she's in she's in the second game for sure i right. i'm like i can pick i can pick i know who you're talking about from the 
trailers, I think. I don't think it's in this. Yeah, trailer. yeah. So that's, so that's it, the mom. Is, Mid, is Midgar like a separate place between it's neither like here nor there? Like it's in the it's in the future and the past or how does that I, that's what it seems like that's what it seems okay. like i they 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 drop so many little tidbits of these like and i'll i wish i had had the time to make it all the way back through this game because i would be able to like mm-hmm. just spit but like right now i'm just like oh yeah i kind of remember this i kind of remember yeah. that like mm-hmm. he talks about um the two like wolf gods those are the world serpents children right like it's it's this really weird the wolves like, that are like time. chasing the sun and yeah hati and that that's some i think that's gonna oh. happen in the sequel too yeah so those yeah. are the the children of the world serpent like there's this weird like familial like cycle happening but it's see like this family outside tree, of time um in this like really bizarre way um that i just think is like i don't know it's it's mm-hmm. there's there's so many layers to this story that they don't just throw in your face um which I think is pretty cool. Like I talk about Souls games every single time I come on here, but that's like one of my favorite parts about like Souls games as well. It's like, okay, there's a surface level story somewhat. Like it's harder to follow mm-hmm. in that, but like it goes so deep. Like, and then there's, you can get to the point of speculation. The, the writing team in this game is like, they, I still think it might be some of my favorite writing in a video game ever. Like um, just the characterization but then also just like all of the weird deep lore that you can mm. dig into and how closely it follows real norse mythology as well like i think they did a really good job of um tying those together without it just being like okay this is I, a yeah. video game version of neil gaiman books <laughs> i mean i got, i got to agree with that from the perspective that like i don't really care much about the mythology like that it's never really been a theme or setting that's of much interest to me so I, the fact that i really am into the story and the characters here I think is a testament to specifically the writing team here who could take this thing that I don't really care about and make me care about it. even if I'm not I'm not hitting the wiki and like you know deep diving on some of these lower <laughs> dialogue things but like even just the stuff you said there is very intriguing to me and I want to learn some more about that so I'm sure I mean this, the okay. sequel will have tons of that good stuff in there I'm sure yeah. Um, but yeah I mean I think there's other good moments I guess just the progression of Kratos opening up to Atreus obviously gets to the point where that information is shared with him but little things too uh, like when he gives him the knife or when he finally allows Atreus to uh, take the ashes and when it's like right near the end so he's like he didn't give him too much trust with it but <laughs> moments like that I do work for me too and they feel believable and I, I think it's good that they didn't go over the top with Kratos and Atreus becoming just best buds by the end of this either. Like there is still, I think, a lot of animosity there and Kratos is still holding back. But I think it, it's good when they're leaving room for to do stuff in the sequel, of course. Uh, mm. But at, at the same time, yeah, I think they like go deep enough with it that I feel like there's an arc happening from those two characters at least. Uh, so that's a good stuff. A uh, couple very quick things on Kratos. Uh, one, I love the smaller chests that he just like smashes them to open them, <laughs> instead of opening them. Like that's a great character thing. Uh, and then one thing that actually kind of bothered me is that like in a couple cutscenes, he like specifically does like his like one kind of Wolverine healing powers thing. And I'm like, you never let, why don't I, why can't I do this? Like, this is annoying that you're showing me this. You should have just kept this not in the game at all. Cause now I just feel like, why do I got to find a little, green potion to like actually yeah. heal there's a but there's like that's a, a nipple that nip that you can equip but like yeah it's it seems okay. like you can just do this all the time and yeah i want to do that all the time 
Can he? Is it? Does he just do it in regular cutscenes, or is it just like when he's in Spartan Rage? I don't remember. It's in Spartan Rage, which I guess that that is that's true. It's. In I mean, Spartan he does Rage. it in Spartan, in Spartan Rage, Combat, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, there you go. But he's not in Spartan Rage in the cutscenes. He's just like I just feel oh, like he. Oh, oh that's him. okay. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. Never mind that. It's 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 a nitpick. I uh, just wanted to bring that up. I kind yeah. of think I we talked through all my Atreus notes as well as we were kind of talking through both those characters. Uh, anything you guys want to say on those those two people before we move on to some of these other, I guess, side characters? But it feels almost it feels bad to call them side characters. I think a lot of these characters oh, do yeah. get a lot of time to shine. They get a lot of screen time too, if you want to put it that way. Totally. Anything yeah. Everybody. On Kratos everybody and Atreus though. Um, yeah, they're, they're, it's an impressive duo. Um, I don't get sick of them even remotely throughout any, any part of that game. Like, I think they have such a, such a good back and forth and, um, yeah, just knowing that that kid is growing up to be like a a real actor. Uh, He was, he was at that point too, but he was Mm. in mid nineties and he's in all types of shit. Oh, really? That's cool. Yeah. Sonny Soljic. He's also a professional skateboarder. Is he, Uh, is he the main guy in mid nineties? Yep. That's the main kid. Oh, that's hilarious. I did not know that. That's yeah, he's a uh, he's excellent. He's excellent. Um, yeah, I think I'm done talking about him though. <laughs> uh, okay, I guess um, we got a lot of great characters in here. I think probably my n- next favorite would be Freya. I just had a lot of fun uh, going through her story. I think I mean I just love the kind of the witch aesthetic. She's cagey in that she's like holding clearly holding back on some information. I think some of it comes across so like she talks about her son in passing but it never feels like they're hitting you over the head with it that when that reveal happens like that really worked for me uh, and I, I like that she's kind of acting as a motherly figure for atreus both in the way that she's like just looking out for him when he's like poisoned or messed up or helping him out um, but then also the way she kind of presses down on kratos to change his ways because one his actions are affecting atreus and changing who he is but also keeping the information from him uh, is just going to, you know, essentially make that situation when it finally does come out even worse, which obviously we see in this game and it, it has a certain reaction with Atreus. So big shout outs to uh, Freya. I really enjoyed her. I, the whole way I love her. Um, she, she slips out of that every once in a while and like gets angry. Mm-hmm. At, like there's a moment when um, uh, Atreus comes back with the green arrows Right, and she flips out. She's like, "Where did you get these from? Never touch these again." Immediately destroys them because she understands that like that's something that could fuck with what her her ultimate goal is and keeping mm. her family alive. Right. Um, uh, just when Mimir meets her for the first time and she like spits on him, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> she, like slips out of it every once in a while. And she's like, "It's like okay, this is not this like kind, wholesome woman in the woods. Like she's." got some like dark moments for sure yeah, and then it, it, obviously they come out more and more as the game goes on and she ends up becoming like a, a prime antagonist of the game when you um i don't know if we, we we save that for talking about balder or not but yeah i mean i it kind of all blends together right because i think that is a great moment well i mean it kind of has to be right like her reaction to her son dying like has to <laughs> has to land and it's like it absolutely does and i i mean even just holding off for how long they did in the game before you get that twist out and to be fair like i had kind of spoiled myself on some things in this game so some things didn't come as a surprise but that was something that still like took me by surprise whether i had heard that at one point but then forgot about it whatever it was like that that moment really uh that really worked for me yeah totally totally um 
yeah just like and then uh, her her relationship with Balder is super interesting as well like mm -hmm. uh, just the fact that he definitely resents her um and seemingly doesn't want her help really yeah um he just wants to die he's just trying to find a way to die ultimately um i just i don't know that's the, and she's just doing everything in her power to make sure that that does not happen mm -hmm. um so she almost has this kind of like conniving nature to her as well and right. she's like going again who would just like let someone but like the fact that she is like f fighting to go against what uh would is ultimately the main goal of of her son is what mother wouldn't do that though i don't know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um definitely an interesting dynamic there how about on uh balder any more thoughts on balder saris i know it's been a bit since you since you've played so maybe some of these story moments uh are yeah. coming back to you as much as you would hope for but uh, yeah no i'm just reliving on to what you guys are saying honestly <laughs> um yeah touching on the freya balder thing it, it is it, you because you really see both sides right like you see her um preventing him from dying but it's really just like a very selfish thing on her part given what he what he you know his past and what he wants so it it adds the darkness to her which i i enjoyed that aspect of it yeah totally totally um trying to think more about balder um he is such a i, I said this earlier he's such a good antagonist because of how he uh he just just constantly is like messing with with kratos and like clearly understands quickly like kratos's demeanor and is just like all right i'm just gonna fuck with this guy constantly mm -hmm. um like in the beginning of the game him just saying like i uh he's like this could have gone differently it's like clearly it never could have gone differently dude like you were so like instigatory from the jump like there's no way this could have gone better he just like <laughs> I, I don't know he, he's he's such a just a conniving like uh almost like i i don't know like this just like instigatory person whereas like everybody else seems like they have um larger reasons for doing what they're doing but his is just like i just want to kind of fuck with your situation um oh, i found that mm -hmm. pretty i found him to be very very entertaining yeah, he's so mad, like with his own situation, that he just wants to, you know, fuck everyone else's day. Yeah. yeah. If he if he can't die, then he wants. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He wants to make others miserable. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think he's a. I think he's a a good villain, and he is intimidating and scary, all that good stuff. Even if, I mean, the, the obviously the story implications of that that final fight with him are good. I, I wish I liked it more gameplay wise because I think that would have been like oh an all time great moment, but since I was kind of just mashing buttons, I wasn't, wasn't too into that <laughs> element of it, but I think he is a great villain. I also, I just love the look he has too. Just all the tattoos, always yeah. being shirtless, mm -hmm. the kind of beard with the, whatever the braids in there and all that stuff. I just kind of hillbilly like, at the same time. Like, yeah. kind of. <laughs> <laughs> not, yeah, very, not very graceful for a God. Yeah. 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 He definitely has this kind of like, maybe half drunk demeanor to him yeah. all the time like he's just he's he's a loose dude for mm -hmm. sure mm -hmm. um really really like him i thought he was a an incredibly entertaining character yeah mm -hmm. we, we kind of touched on that first fight scene that happens right outside the house i i love too that like the implications or i don't know i guess the results of that of just like 
you know, knocking that like chasm into the ground, essentially like behind his house, which ends up being a level kind of area that you go through. I think that's, that's great to have that kind of, even you, you haven't really spent tons of time in that area yet, I guess you've done a little bit, but I think that was as cool to have just like this earth changing reaction because of uh, this thing that occurs there. Mm-hmm. Um, moving along. I, I mean, Mamir to me is like a, a great addition too. I, I love him so much. He uh, is, is I love just he's so old that he is, is forgetting things that are just super helpful information for all these characters <laughs> to have, but he just doesn't know them until he comes up and it's like, oh yeah, like a hundred years ago, I probably knew about this, but like I've been stuck to this tree for so long. I don't know what's going yeah. on anymore, uh, but he is just so much fun. I like the weirdness of having this kind of shrunken head sort of thing with you the whole time. Uh, when you get on the boat, you like, you know, unclip them, sit them down on the, uh, on the seat there next to Atreus, like just such a fun character the whole way through from the, from the look to, uh, the voice acting, I think is great. And then, you know, one compliment to the game as well. One cool thing it does is when you're traveling in the boat and there's like a character's like sharing a story, uh, and like you get off the boat to go do a, some combat or something like that. And they're like, okay, we'll pick up this story later. Uh, and then you come back and that story does kind of pick up. Some other games have done that in the time since. And I think it's like, it was, I'm, I'm, that's one of the things that the most I love about this game. Little details like that I think mm-hmm. are great. And I hope, I want every game to steal that kind of thing and, you know, make it work in your own world based on what the things that would be distracting the player. But that's a, a great thing to have these longer stories that can have these little break points and you can just come back to them naturally through stuff like that. So a lot of that's obviously happening through Mimir's stories and dialogue. Mm-hmm. It makes you not want to get out of the boat sometimes. It's like, all right, mm-hmm. uh, this is this is actually like interesting. Let's do and, one more uh, lap, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it, it almost feels like uh, there's a period where Kratos, Kratos starts to run out of stories a little bit, um, especially if you're like exploring a lot. He's like, all right, like I've gotten kind of through these, or he's just like, oh, just one more. And then Mimir comes in and he's like, well, I'm going to talk forever. <laughs> I've got plenty of stories for you, bud. So it ends up, he ends up taking the reins on that um, when you when you get him as a character. Um, Mimir's the best. He is the best. Just this um, quippy, great, like kind of um, comedic person mm-hmm. to have alongside this like gruff um, man and then ends up being this like incredibly angsty, sometimes annoying kid. Um, mm-hmm. But in a good way, like it's 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 characterized well with the uh, with Atreus. It's not a bad thing, but um, yeah, good balance. Well, yeah, especially sure. we talk about how like Atreus starts out as like a kid who's having fun, but it gets kind of darker as the game goes on. So I think it's good to have him a mirror in there as some lighthearted texture because yeah, he's not like he's dropping one liners and like making a joke of the place. Like it still is very serious tone, uh, but yeah, he just adds like an air of fun <laughs> to the environment, which goes a long way, I think. Totally. And that, that was those little interactions between Mimir and Atreus, like and Kratos are just kind of like taking a backseat, you know, to it. And they're just, you know, Mimir is telling Atreus some story, and it, I don't know. I, I just really enjoyed the the dynamic between all three of them mm-hmm. interacting with each other. Yeah, there's definitely times when like Kratos is like, stop telling this. Yeah, like, yeah, this exactly. is too much. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's blowing up his spot a little bit. He's like, all right, this is going to end up maybe giving this yeah. kid a little too much information. Yeah, I, I was yeah. surprised too because yeah, you know, I I knew that Mimir was a character that you get and he attaches to your belt and all that stuff. But I was still surprised at how long into the game it happens. I don't know what percentage wise where it was, but I just remember it feeling like, oh yeah, it. T- I I kind of forgot this was an element of the game. It's, it's taking a long yeah. time where you just have the two of you. So I think it also does probably a good job of 
making like splitting up the pacing too of mm-hmm. okay when it would maybe at this point we've done a lot of the Kratos Atreus stuff you can add another layer in there that uh, adds a little bit of variety to it as well so I think the pacing of it or the placement of it I should say is particularly good uh, and then maybe the the two characters we haven't showed it out and maybe there's some other ones but maybe the highlights for me would be uh, Brock and Sindri those two. Uh, I, I really like them as well. I guess you could say that they add some lightheartedness to the story as well in the moments you see them. Uh, but I, I just, I love the dynamic between them where obviously you you kind of figure out, okay, at some point these brothers, we're going to, you know, reunite and they're going to have some moment. And I think that works where there is a lot of tension between them, but then they still, you know, work together to help you out. But I just love that anytime you go between the opposite one, they're just critiquing the other's work. It's like, oh, did you want to touch your axe again? Like, yeah. just making fun of their marks. And I think at one point, Sindri's like, oh, he actually did a really good job here. And he like kind of concedes that he had mm. done a good upgrade to the axe and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I really liked uh, those two. I, I guess I was... I thought it was a bit weird the way they paced them because obviously that's like where you're upgrading gear, so they got to put them all over the place. It it just felt a bit weird that they're teleporting all over and just always where you need them to be, even if you saw them one minute ago and there was other place. But I don't know. That was a, that was a minor gripe for well, uh, they how even fun of the characters that. They, they were. They like do a little throwaway line there where Sindri like sh- like lets you know that he can kind of like go between yeah. realms whenever he wants, and that's like mm-hmm. a a thing that uh, the dwarves can do. Sindri mm-hmm. in general is like I I he got more laughs out of me than probably any other character in the game because anytime he's like he's just like a total germaphobe mm-hmm. he doesn't want to touch anything um <laughs> so like every time he holds yeah, the put axe, that over there he, like, for me <laughs> every time he holds the axe he like palms it he doesn't touch yeah. it with his fingertips uh i just think it's like super super funny he's like reaching in his like infinite bag of everything and he pulls out a fish and he like freaks out when he pulls the fish out um i don't know just silly mm-hmm. gags uh like abundant with him whereas like um was it brock is that his, his yeah, brother brock. uh brock is just like this just crass asshole mm-hmm. and it's like this rough around the edges dude um learn what that he's blue because he'd just been touching too much of like magical ore and <laughs> he's not supposed to be blue at all um, <laughs> i missed that line like, that's a good yeah one. i was because most of the game i'm like okay why are they different shades like why is this guy blue and he's like oh because he's an idiot <laughs> he's been touching this stuff whereas like Sindri will not touch anything um I don't know they have really really good banter uh yeah. across the board with those two um mm-hmm. and there's all all types of optional dialogue with them we can learn right. stuff about the area or about them specifically um good shit for sure yeah I mean giving character to what is like the person that upgrades your gear I think is always a good thing i'm always down when the game you know really contextualize the merchants and stuff of the world that you're talking with there's not a lot of and there's like not npcs in this game right so it makes sense that they would make those like specific characters that have stories of their own and a backstory and that kind of thing but you know also to have two of them and have this dynamic between them i think you know adds a, a fun layer to it where you're kind of uncovering this b plot <laughs> like the main game hearing about what happened between these two and how they Much feel about each other much better than like swinging a cloak open and going like what are you buying yeah (laughs) the same line every time yeah Yeah. (laughs) exactly um story note so i guess you know to expand this question once again from super bad mike who was asking about the difficulty earlier he also was asking uh how we would compare the original god of wars and uh, how it relates to like kratos's development as a character so i think this is kind of a question that you know kind of going right to Dante here, but you mentioned 
what was going on in God of War three. But I'm I'm yeah. curious about this too. Like how how the how does this feel? Because obviously it's like a different kind of setting, a different realm, different sort of mythology they're playing with too. But do you think there's a a, a good con- continuity between the games? Does it feel like you've really been on this one long journey instead of these separate experiences with the same character? Yeah, um, that's one of the I think most impressive parts and like i actually did a whole uh this was like peak streaming days right like i played through all of the god of war games back to back before god of war 2018 happened it came out and i streamed that as well so i had like this like really um i don't know just a a great opportunity to kind of see his his um how he's grown or how that character has changed over the years and um it, it, it is cool because in the first game, you don't know he's a god at all. So it's kind of a similar arc that Atreus runs through, mm. where he's just like, he's a Spartan, he comes back to life through some some magic, and he has a vendetta against Ares. And he's like, I'm just going to... And you just hear him scream Ares over and over and over again. <laughs> and then in the second game, you hear him screaming Zeus over and over and over again. And it's just kind of like... He just has these like these 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 bones to pick with people, and he, he's not necessarily characterized. Um, that's not true. I was going to say he was he he still is one of these characters where he is just um, angry, and that's kind of like his whole thing. And there's mm-hmm. not a lot in between. Um, but there are. It is understandable, and there's like lots of I, I guess truly like traumatic experiences that happen to him throughout. Um, and then by the end of it, he's just like in three, he's just exhausted. Um, he has, uh, had his war with the gods and he is one essentially. And he's just at this point, like realizing he is a God himself. Um, he realizes he's like the son of Zeus also. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the reason he was able to kind of like do all of these things throughout. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, I like there's potential for me to butcher the hell out of this, but, <laughs> um, so it, it's funny that there is like a parallel between like what he like somewhat what he dealt with or his arc and what like Atreus is, is has potential to be um, outside of the fact that he is trying to kill his, his entire family and without really knowing it um, until, mm. until the end of, of those games. So where, where does the, uh, you, cause you mentioned a PSP game. I don't know how, how many other games mm-hmm. is there outside of that trilogy? There's, then? there's three mainline games and then there's God of War Ascension, which is a PS three game that was like takes place between a PSP game and God of War two or something like that. And then there's two PSP games. And those um, are kind of just like smaller. They're like side like stories. So there's like ghosts, okay. ghosts of Sparta, I think takes place before God of War. I, I feel like I've never heard of that ghost of yeah. Sparta. That does not sound like a God yeah. of War game. <laughs> he is the ghost of Sparta. He is the ghost of Sparta. He's like, that's like right. pale white. That's cool demeanor. man. So the whole the whole arc of God of War One is they kill his wife and children, right? Or and he's like, I want revenge because Ares set this up. He like actually, I'm pretty sure Kratos himself kills his wife and children. He like, oh my god, masks what he's seeing as right. seeing enemies, and then he like kills everybody around him, and then he comes to and he's like, all right, I just like murdered my entire village and my family. That's why he wants to kill Ares. Um, pretty good reason, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. So, like I said, there's like there's like good there's good like story throughout those games, but it's nowhere near as um like humanized as God of War 2018. And like I think that's why um his character being like he's he's it's easily like it's hard to tell how long in the future is because he's a god, so you don't know like if it's been like 
20 years or it's been a hundred. Um, but it's clear that there's been like a, he's had a life in between. And I think it's really, um, just impressive to see that he was able to do that in the first place because he is just this like broken man mm-hmm. um by the end but throughout those games and then especially by the end of those games it's like he has nothing to live for um but he is struggling to to do the deed of, of hurt like he tries to kill himself multiple times throughout that game right. i think twice um and uh when you get to 2018 the fact or the fact that he has created a life for himself. He's created a family. He's gotten away from all of the damage that's been caused. And it's like clear that he's trying to heal. Um, it's just, it's, it's cool. It's like, it's a, it's a really impressive um, arc for a character that um, did not have a ton of emotion outside of anger mm-hmm. and, um, and maybe mm-hmm. some like just serious depression near the end of that, um, that he could kind of like, I don't know, come out of the other side and then watching the the challenges that come from that um, as he's like raising a child and, and, trying to like restart his life back from where it was when those games originally started. Right. Like he had those things at some point before. So um, the fact that he's like starting over, I think is like, Mm -hmm. it's just cool. It's really, um, I did not understand how they were going to be able to connect these games initially. And I think they did like an excellent job and improved on all of the character or I guess he's the only character that was in both, but like really improved on, on Kratos um yeah definitely that's amazing i think worthwhile um having at least a base understanding of the original games even though they it is completely unnecessary this is one of the few uh series where they're like oh you can start here you can definitely start here but um you get a little bit more yeah i think i mean even just calling it just god of war is like them saying this is a soft reboot in a way right Mm. Was he with Atreus since Atreus's birth, or was Atreus like introduced to him later, like closer to the beginning of the story? He always says you were never around, which right. makes me think that I thought Atreus. He... I thought this was the first time Atreus popped up. Is that not correct? Oh no, this is the first game Atreus is in. I, I yeah. think okay. I, I think he's asking like, did he just like? But between these games, bail. Yeah, right. yeah. Like, was he with Atreus since? Atreus has been around, like, since he was Yeah, born. so, like, I, he leaves um, Greece and moves to wherever this takes place in Norse mythology, right? Um, and I think that's when he, like, has, he settles down and has a family. It's mm-hmm. just, it sounds like he just wasn't a very present father throughout Atreus mm-hmm. um, being alive, right? Like, yeah. he's, he, Until he, the like, events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you don't see, you don't, you don't know about anything that happened before, like between um, him leaving Greece and him having a, like a ten-year-old son. You know what I mean? Like there, that, all that stuff in between is still kind of a mystery. Um, I'm, I'm curious if two gets into any more of like what Kratos was doing in between and why he wasn't present in Atreus's life. Well, even just more uh, info or, about the what's the, the mother's name? Do she has a name? Uh, Frigg, right? No, no, no. Um, no, Frigg is Freya. Uh, hold on, I'll tell you. I, I that's something I would be interested in. I, of course, maybe there's lore, this like things you can read, extra tablets and whatnot. You can find that explains some more of that stuff. But as uh, someone who just kind of played through the surface level experience, I don't like. I, I would be down to hear some more of that. Maybe Atreus could talk more about that. But he almost Faye. seemed Faye, right? Pretty close mm. to Freya. Uh, he yeah. seems like he's like. <laughs> 
ready to write her off, right? Because of some of the stuff that she was holding from him. But obviously mm-hmm. that's kind of part of the anger that he has in the moment. So I wonder if by the time Ragnarok's coming around, maybe some time has passed, if he's going to feel differently about that kind of thing. Um, is there anything else in the story you guys want to story characters that we haven't mentioned here uh, that you want to bring up before we close out today? There's a lot there. Like I said, there's so much like I would definitely suggest if you're bored at any point digging into like the God of War wiki at some point and looking mm. at this, not necessarily like digging in and reading a whole bunch, but like looking at how these characters are connected. Um, okay. There's so much weird like when you go to the the like miscellaneous information and it says family members, everybody has like 30 or 40 connections. <laughs> like, That's pretty cool. hilarious. They like go to like uncle-in-law and stuff like that. And it's pretty funny because they start like leaning into the fact, like I'm looking at uh, Freya's right now or Faye's right now. And it's talking about like uncle-in-law, uncle-in-law being like Hades and Poseidon because they're all uh, Kratos's right. like, family members right that makes sense, all of yeah. the people from greek mythology it's just pretty fun that they like connected to these um it's pretty it's they they did a really really good job of uh of weirdly connecting all of these characters mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sarah anything uh from you on the story character side of things no i think you guys wrapped it up oh nice oh one one oh. thing we didn't mention is just the um I guess this will be handled a lot in two, but just like how Atreus is Loki, essentially. Yeah. And how he is going to, um, how I I guess handling the fact that he's going to, he understands that he's going to be like the God of lies in some capacity, I think is like setting himself up for whether or not he's going to be a good person. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be pretty, pretty cool to see. Is Ragnarok like how much of a time jump is it? Atreus is still like a kid, but he seems maybe like more young teenager. So I feel like some years have gone on, but maybe yeah. Okay. I'd have to like I don't know. Atreus seems like he's like ten in this, and he looks like maybe he's like fourteen, thirteen or fourteen in in Ragnarok. Okay. Um, but mm-hmm. who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, I guess and to close it out here, do you guys have any anything you're looking forward to in the sequel specifically? Anything you want to see? I mean, I think for me, you know, as much as I didn't really enjoy the experience of this game, I love the story. So I hope that I can connect with the gameplay more and hopefully playing it at launch and not playing it. Like, I mean, four years later does not feel like, Oh, I'm so behind the curve on it, but it felt like it. So hopefully it will feel like a modern game at that point, even if it is still uh, a PS4. I mean, I don't have a PS5, so PS4 is the most modern PlayStation console (laughs) I have access to. Uh, So I don't know. I, I hope I can connect with that gameplay more, whether it's, variety stuff or it's just more interesting design of their levels or puzzles and things like that but at the end of the day i think i'll i'm 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 going into ragnarok looking for a continuation of these characters and a story uh and some cool set pieces and i i feel confident that i will get to that i just don't know if it can elevate uh if i once again do not enjoy actually playing the game but we'll mm-hmm. see about that but how about how about uh from you guys anything in particular that they they you hope they do better in the second one is there any like story thing you're really hoping for we don't have to go too deep on it but just kind of roughly well don't they intrigue me on the whole uh, of world serpent being fucking right. Atreus's son so <laughs> i don't know if that'll be a thing or not yeah like the whole not here nor there 
So I don't know how much of that will come up, but if it is, then I'm definitely excited for that. I think I'm almost opposite to you, Dylan. Like I'm pretty pretty confident that the gameplay will strike me mm-hmm. on a positive note. So I'm I'm excited to actually like get into those nitty gritty story details right. because that's not something that I usually pay that much attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for that. Love it. Yeah, uh, obviously, like all of the all of the story um situations that are that are coming uh are exciting for me especially as we like start digging into all of the the interconnectedness that they had kind of set up in in the previous one um yeah i I hope there like i think we talked about it in the gameplay stuff a lot like i hope there is more variety from the um from the puzzles i hope there is maybe like an extra weapon or two and maybe like swapping between those weapons is a little more fluid it's it's pretty fluid in this one but like it'd be really cool if you could like truly combo between them i thought that that would be really sick is that something in the old games they do they do stuff um you could switch i feel like maybe Hmm. i don't remember 100 but i like you could definitely switch between weapons um but i think i found myself using particular weapons more than others um i would like to see them switch up the like slot system um figure like honestly and and the skill tree system i i think that was such a such a dated style of skill tree um already like i really like when games this is me just like hoping now uh when doing something more unlocks other things Mm -hmm. um so it kind of like starts working towards your play style a little bit so maybe something like that um just switching up some of the rpg mechanics a little bit hopefully um giving giving you some more um challenging boss fights strung throughout instead of just these big cinematic moments as well like i would love to see some 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 valkyries pop up um which i think they may i think i saw a little trailer and that's all some valkyrie fights happening so like in the main story you mean or yeah 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 just like more um uh where you have to pattern recognition fights more than um than like all right do this big event like throw these things at the dragon yeah yeah so yeah i feel like sometimes in in sequels like this you know they don't want to go too far like as an evolution of the previous game's mechanics and in the sense that like they don't want to isolate people who are just jumping into a sequel but i feel like this game was so successful i think it was the second best-selling playstation 4 game i could be wrong on that i think it was just right behind spider-man there so i feel like from that perspective they hopefully they are going like double down on what this game in terms of the difficulty and weapon selection and some of those mechanics and figure that you know a lot of people playing ragnarok probably played uh this game so you don't need to worry about those people who are jumping into this one without having played that first one especially because that first game is so uh cheap now like i got it for like 10 bucks and i think on the store Oops. even that like i think before sale i got it for 10 bucks three years ago <laughs> yeah i know that's <laughs> crazy right? that's, for a lot that's, that's a insane. steal mm-hmm. yeah that's a... playstation definitely discounts uh, their games, even yeah, like a one year after release for uh, Saris there. So, yeah. was that was that on the store or was that a physical copy? It was from. Uh, it was on the store. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, well, guys, I'm so glad that you could join me because if it was just me and let's say someone else who also didn't enjoy the game or was just mid on it, I think it would have been kind of just a downer uh, of an episode. And I, I feel I like this fought. game, <laughs> I think this game deserves more because I obviously I'm an outlier in terms of not really uh, enjoying the overall package, but I am very excited to jump into uh, Ragnarok. I know 
Dante, you'll definitely be joining me for review. Sarah, are you picking up that game at uh, release? Or are you still kind of deliberating on that? No, probably. Even if I did pick it up at release, I probably wouldn't be able to play it too much. Um, I definitely will play it. Mm-hmm. I can't really say when. Okay. Well, yeah. if you do pick it up, even if you're only a few hours in, uh, we would be happy to have you join us on the uh, the first review impressions, whatever you want to call it, episode for that, which we will do. Uh, I guess the week after Ragnarok uh, drops, and then who knows, maybe we'll do a spoiler episode later on. I think that'll kind of depend on how motivated I am (laughs) to talk about the game more past that first review. We will see. Uh, But once again, thank you guys for joining me. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back with more reviews and news and all that good stuff soon enough. But thank you, and see you next time.